Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Y'all a brew heads? Yeah, we brew heads. So pour a glass of craft beer. We can do this. Yeah. What's good, y'all? This is C Certified Brewhead, and welcome to episode 114 of Beer Not Just the Podcast Adjunct Series. This is going to be a beauty. Um, I've been excited to do this one for a little while. The This brewery is from an area that uh, we haven't really touched on before, and I don't even know if I've had many beers from these guys, so I'm really excited to hear the story and to get stuck into the beer, but of course before. You know the vibes, guys. This episode is brought to you by the good folks at Manscaped. It's never too early to play holiday music, and it's never too early to start thinking about gifts. Whether it's for a friend or the friends in your pants, you can make this season to be jolly with Manscaped. Do your little drummer boy a favor and use the lawnmower 4.0 to avoid another silent night in the bedroom. Then add in Manscaped's top-of-the-line shower products to have people thinking all I want for Christmas is you, Shasta Mariah. Santa cares about his sack, so should you. Look nice when you get naughty by going to manscaped.com and use the code BAOS for free shipping and 20% off your entire order. Um, mate, this stuff is killer. I'm going to bring some of these products to show you guys. So the Manscaped Platinum Package 4.0 is the one-stop shop for a man who deserves it all. It has everything you need to help you deck the holes. Oh, shit. From face to balls, just in time for the mistletoe season. The Platinum Package has East product from the best-selling performance package plus Ultra Premium Body Wash, um, Ultra Premium 2-in-1 Shampoo and Conditioner, Ultra Premium Deodorant. It's the best way to smell fresh from your Santa hat to your candy cane. The Lawnmower 4.0 Body Trimmer, this bad boy right here with that little ceramic uh, cutter thing. Uh, and the Weed Whacker Nose and Ear tra- Hair Trimmer, there he is. This is a banger. Use this every time. Uh, feature propriety advanced skin safe technology to protect your delicate presence. Plus, both are waterproof, so there's no issue clearing the snow out of your driveway. There's also a 4000K LED light on it, so you can shine, so you can light the way like Rudolph. Look at that. Look at that light, mate. See everything down there. Uh, now that you've groomed your candy cane, it is time to make sure you don't smell like a reindeer with the Platinum Package shower products. All of Manscaped shower gel. Shower gear, sulfate-free, vegan, and made to have your skin feeling hydrated and smelling fresh. That's these bad boys right here. But smelling good doesn't stop in the shower. See these. I actually haven't used these yet because I didn't want to get them wet and stuff for the pod, but I'm excited. Um, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner. This is missing here. Fuck, man. I need to be more organized, don't I? Uh, I can't get it out. And solve stank problems all day long. Once they touch your sack, you'll never go back, I promise. The Platinum Package 4.0 sitting under the tree is guaranteed to put anyone in the holiday spirit. And for the perfect stocking stuff, I add the brand new Buddy Buffer, which is this little loofah. Like, ain't no loofah no more. Um, an incredible body scrubber that makes it fully and easy and a lot cleaner than that old loofah. So, get 20% off and free shipping with the code BAOS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com with BAOS. Uh, get your jingle balls ready for the holidays. And with that, we're going to bring in the guests. Guys, I'm excited for this one. Please welcome Nathan from Nathan Does Beer, my trusty co host. And of course, Graham from Counterpoint Brewery. Welcome, fellas. Well, that was an ad. Yeah, it's that good, huh? Awesome. Aren't they, yeah. Isn't it ridiculous? Like, I can't believe yeah. that someone gets that's someone's job to write that shit. That's great. I love I it. I know it's uh, it's hilarious. They just like, and it's actually doing like well. The way it's all packaged and the way it's all put together is uh, yeah, it looks like nice stuff. Yeah, like, you know, good gift for the for the family for the 
human with a with balls in your life, you know, you know the vibes. Um, Nate and some whoever wrote that has their pun game on point. On point, oh, yeah. and it was approved by head office type thing. I'm just like, <laughs> they've found every single way to use any, uh, not even just puns. Any uh, what's the word? Like a little insinuation or or whatever. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, candy cane, Santa sack. I'm like, man, you guys. It's like a 12 year old with a good imagination wrote it. I love it. Metaphors and similes, you know? Exactly. Yeah. You like it. <laughs> yeah, you know the vibes. So, uh, Nate, great to see you, brother. Uh, welcome back again. Co hosting is holding you me down. Um, you've been uh, here a bunch lately, and uh, this is a pod that we've had in the works for a solid month or two. And uh, super stoked with it. Graham, seriously, man, great to meet you. Heard so much good stuff about, uh, about you personally. You're a well liked individual. And the uh, and the brewery itself, man. So you know, you're setting the Kitchener Waterloo area off for us. So what better way to do it? Good to hear. Don't know who you're talking to, but I like that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know. So getting, let's get right into the beers. I'm excited. This is a style that I personally, I was very happy to see this. I never see this style, yeah. um, or very rarely see this style. This is a California Common Trail Magic. Um, such a big fan of this style. Tell us about yeah. this one, my man. Yeah, it was just a, a beer that also, you know, sort of got into, uh, again, I guess, recently. And mm-hmm. um, uh, something that we were looking to fill on the tap list uh, spot, you know, that, that would provide like a light, crisp beer, but still, you know, good character, right? So it's got a bit of history um, to it, and it's got a, you know, nice little story. And uh, on top of that, it's just it's just a great beer to drink. It's 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 crushable uh, with, with character. So this has just got a bit of, uh, you know, mostly use a bit of uh, uh, Vienna, Vienna malt. Vienna malt. It's part of touch, touch of caramel malt or crystal malt. And then, uh, yeah, that's uh, pretty much it. You know, simple hop character to give it some rustic uh, hop aroma flavor, but as, mostly as a backdrop to uh, you know, just the maltiness. What, um, what right. hops are in a beer like this? Is it like noble? Tradition, traditionally, Northern Brewer, uh, we went a bit, uh, I mean, we just used uh, Ontario hops, uh, Glacier, for this one. So Glacier? Um, yeah, I mean, it's an old school hop grown, uh, and this, this batch is grown here. So huh. uh, one thing we're looking at, or all we've done as of this year is kind of source out some more local stuff. So tons of Ontario hop farmers around that uh, we're getting to know and trying out their stuff. That's wicked, man. Um, I, I feel like I have been seeing that a lot more, which is um, confirms what you're saying that you know there is a lot more uh, local product to to go around, and you know I guess you know in the last two years I would imagine that there's a tendency from everyone in any industry to just support local as much as humanly possible. When you know when everything comes to a halt, what what what's left? So it's yeah, uh, it's it really cool. is. I mean. Yeah, it's got and it, you know so so in line with you know what we want as a small business um, is for our locals to uh, come out and support us, and then you know in turn it's a responsibility I think for us to do the same with our suppliers. So um, yeah, malt and uh, hops and yeast is pretty much hundred uh, percent you know Scarpin Labs from Ontario or from uh, Guelph. So love it around the corner. Awesome, yeah, boys. Let's get it in us. Cheers. Cheers. Get it in you. Delicious. It's such a, like, 
I one time the when I had this on a pod one time or I or in a review and I the, this is back before I drank a lot of I drank definitely a lot more crispies and the British yeah. stuff these days and I always position this as like an American ESB. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good is, point. Is that an accurate thing as far as what you would say? As far as maybe if you know you make a British bitter or mild, would it be comparable? Yeah, that's a. I never thought of it that way, but it. Uh, yeah, it makes sense to me, right? Where it's it's in a very comfortable spot between uh, with with good bitterness, good assertive uh, malt character, and and then and still some underlying hops to uh, you know just to give it what you need. But uh, yeah, I love the color of this. Love yeah. the uh, love the place yeah. it takes. Um, I, most people probably don't know that we you know we we our brewery just doesn't have the capacity to uh, make lagers, so. As um, you know, when we're talking about getting in the crispies and it being a pretty current trend right now, uh, this is what our sort of our solution to uh, you know to the lager. I love it, man. It's a good it, it's a good solution, and especially since like you don't see very many of them in Ontario. There's not many people. Yeah brewing them and what like what occurs to me like like you mentioned kind of the assertive malt character which i like which i'm really getting it at only 4.9 percent it's uh like it it's got some good heft to it like you like Mm -hmm. at first at at first sip not knowing anything else about it you might think this was more at like six percent or like or something like it's got some good body to it for a sub five percent beer great point yeah, I definitely agree with that. What for, for like I find this an interesting conversation. What like what is a California common? For like it's something that probably a lot of people uh, watching or listening might not have seen. Like Nate saying, like there isn't many of these in Ontario, you know, and beyond. Um, like yeah, it's how would actually, you? Yeah, pretty funny, right? I mean, to think that a uh, style is kind of this old and and with uh, I guess I really so much. To, to have lasted this long, but but be so uncommon. Yeah, um, I just called it. Yeah, I mean, tra- traditionally, you know, it was. Uh, an- I mean, Anchor Steam beer are like the original the originals um, behind this, and, and so you know, it was uh, cool fermented. I would say uh, outdoors in San Francisco, <laughs> and that's that's you know, it's kind of where it started from. But um, it's become you know, and that's that's. The, the first, the original, but it's become kind of a hybrid, you know, either lager or clean, super clean ale yeast. And, uh, but essentially just, yeah, just focus on, on, um, on malt and keeping it simple and, uh, well-crafted, well-crafted clean beer. Nice. So I know that the, uh, like that the, the alternative name for the style is steam beard. Is that, uh, mm-hmm. do you know if that is just to do with the fact that anchor steam did it first or is it something to do with the, <clears throat> like with the brewing process at all? Yeah. So I believe I did study that. Well, study up on this a while back when we first started making it, but forget some of the details, but, uh, it was like kind of like, because it was outdoors. So the hot, the hot liquid would be going outside and you'd see the steam coming off it. So oh, okay. um, steam beer, that, uh, in that respect. Um, and then of course I believe they've got like the, I don't know if they've got the rights to it or just that it was them that, that created it. And, and so therefore they own sort of that or that you know, usually own that term, but that style. You know. That makes sense. Right. Um, what was I going to ask, is, this is not the first batch that you've done this beer a bunch of times. 
Yeah, yeah. Actually, we introduced this beer to our lineup probably about six months ago. And um, sure. yeah, we just continued to brew it. And, and uh, it's kind of become a joke because we, well, in a way, like we introduced it in the summer when it was lawn mowing season. So we just called it our lawn mowing beer. And, nice. and then yep. we made it, we continued to make it in the fall. It was our leaf raking beer. And now it's our snow shoveling beer. So it's just a good, uh, <laughs> just a good, easy I'm beer for any occasion, right? Like, you know, and I mean, you see the, the label, I you know, love the outdoors and, and love getting outside. So it's, it's kind of the perfect uh, beer for, you know, post hike, post bike, whatever you want to do outside. And, just uh, enjoy. That's dope. What's the um, response to a beer like this from the you know the community or you know your uh, your customers? Like, are they like for those who are familiar, cool? Like someone you know more the the beer fans might be familiar with it. They'll be like, yeah, sick. But like for people maybe who are newer to the style, are they like into it? Are they apprehensive? No, I mean, uh, <laughs> every I would say you know, everybody who comes in will ask. What, what is that? Right. And, and, uh, kind of a, a bit of a, a band at, uh, you guys know, Arabella park. Uh, we, oh, yeah. uh, when we first made it, we sold them a keg and said, you know, just want to check in. How's it going over? He's like, it's good. Except they just have to explain 200 times a day what a California comment is. Right. So, uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, people are interested. It's kind of neat in that way. Um, how much, uh, attention a simple style really will, uh, is getting in, in, in here when they come in here and, and to try it out. And, uh, yeah, people have reacted really well. You know, our customers who've known us for a long time, uh, you know, are, 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 yeah, pleased to see something like this. And then, uh, of course, new customers or customers that aren't necessarily familiar or really into craft beer, it's a great option for them. So I was thinking that I was like wondering if this is like, a like a gateway beer by so, yeah, exactly. It's exactly yeah. how we describe it. You know, if, if, uh, yeah, if you're not familiar with um, yeah, craft stuff, but it's also a, a good way to prove that, um, you know, craft beer can also be simple, um, can also be very drinkable. You know, when people come in and, and uh, or anybody, we talk about craft beer and they're like, oh, I don't like craft beer. I just, you know, I just like a lager. I'm like, well, there's so many options, great options out there locally, uh, provincially, you know. That um, absolutely providing some 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 simple beers, but at least you know what, you know what you're supporting when you do that stuff too. Very cool, man. Love to hear it. Like that that was what I was hoping to hear that you know people are sort of gravitating towards it and is converting you know drinkers across who may be uh, you know newer to the game. So it's always interesting because sometimes it's like you know the people who just don't like beer because they don't like beer so a lager isn't going to convert them you're going to be looking at a sour yeah. or new england IPA yeah, exactly. or maybe exactly. something like that you know so to have a beer like this be you know fill that uh fill that need as well that's great it's really cool to hear man hope uh, yeah. yeah love it okay beautiful so this is great let's get into uh your beer history man so how did you personally get into beer and then how did that sort of lead into the uh you know the brewery definitely definitely yeah it's uh kind of a, a roundabout way into beer i kind of crossed through whiskey to get to beer so huh. um i have family in scotland um and my, my mom's cousins two of you know she has three cousins over there two of them came down and um both were like hey if you you know if you want to come visit us you know we host you no, no problem might even be able to get you a job but 
you know, distillery. <laughs> I was like, yeah. okay, cool. So, you know, you know, it was uh, finishing up university, um, and uh, yeah, just just kind of talked to the manager at, at their local distillery, which is Glen Morangy, which is a pretty massive distillery, well known. And uh, he said, "Well, we can't we can't give you a job." say it sounds sounds great in theory but can't get you a job until you're actually here so yeah. uh, i was like all right screw it you know we'll, we'll grab, got plane tickets and and uh traveled over there and showed up and said okay well if you're here we can get you a job and learned a lot about uh that process distilling which you know is as we know is uh you know half half of it is making beer and then uh distilling it so that was kind of neat and then of course in, in Scotland, you know, um, plenty of, especially at that time compared to here, plenty of corner stores and, and, uh, independent beer shops and that kind of thing. So the, uh, a ton of ales available, wacky stuff, clean stuff, international stuff. It was, it was very cool. Um, learned a lot about, uh, of course, you know, cellaring and barrels when it comes to whiskey, but it was very cool to see that, you know, everything was coming from, uh, bourbon, bourbon land to, uh, Scotland to, um, and then some, you know, being, being used by uh, breweries. So also, you know, just stuff like that. So that kind of got me into the craft beverage um, scene. And then, of course, uh, just trying out new beers and coming home. Coming home from that was uh, was a wake up because, you know, I think the craziest thing I drank was, you know, Rickard's Red uh, <laughs> at the time, right? And, you know, because it had color and more flavor than, than the other stuff. And, and then uh, just started shopping around, trying new beers. That's how I got into it. That's dope. Okay, and so that was like how long ago was that when you're in Scotland? So it would have been like uh, how yeah, many? Two thousand six. Yeah. Two thousand six. Okay. So, and when did you like? So okay, you came back and you were dabbling with beer. When did you like homebrew or anything? Yeah, eventually. Uh, I mean, it took a while. I, I, I enjoyed consuming all you know all the craft beers and trying uh, the different ones out. Uh, tr- you know, traveling around trying to stop in kind of like every other beer lover out there, right? Just, just uh, cruising around yep. trying to mm-hmm. pick up something new. Um, yep, that's familiar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've heard of that, that bad habits. And uh, yeah, so anyways, I met uh, Counterpoint started with, uh, with two of us actually. So uh, Rich um, was my original business partner and, and he, I met him over a game of squash and he used to play squash a lot. And, and uh, this squash club actually had a, you know, like a lounge in it. And so after the game, sometimes, you know, we'd have some beers, that kind of thing. And one day he brought uh, his homebrews in and I was, I was blown away by how you could actually homebrew good beers. Uh, you know, from what I, I've ha- had a couple of batches in the past and, uh, just, you know, just shitty beer. And, and uh, this is amazing. You know, you, you can make an IPA, you can make a stout and that sort of thing in your, in your garage or your apartment or whatever. So, blown away and so I kind of you know apprenticed with him for a couple homebrew batches and and uh my grandmother uh, has her heart she got me this uh homebrew kit for uh, Christmas and I was like yeah sure I'll just pour the syrup into a pot and boil it and make beer and it was terrible but uh yeah <laughs> you know it went from there and actually started using grains and hops and just spiraled spiraled there and and, and to be honest it was just you know it was a hobby and and I People ask, "Will you start a business?" And I was like, "Well, I just, I just want to, just want to homebrew. I don't want to complicate things." And, and, uh, you know, kind of went from there. We we joked around about 
finding a spot. It was so Rich and I, you know, we'd brew and have beers and start talking about, well, you know, wonder what, would, what, what kind of spot we could find around here and started writing a business plan. And I don't know, it was like a dare after dare after dare. The next thing you know, we're sitting in our spot after signing a lease and just uh, unbelievable saying, well, there's no turning back. So Amazing. And what year was that when you signed the lease? Yeah, we signed the lease in uh, 2018. Okay. How May long did, 2018. May 2018. Did you get open that year or was it, did it take a bit longer? It took a bit longer. Uh, we had some interesting back and forth and uh, run around as, as, as it happens with uh, permits in the city and that kind of thing. Mis, we'll call it a miscommunication and, and uh, expectations um, you know, given to us by the city regarding permits. We've done a bunch of work, which we believe we, we could do um, without a permit. And then it came, turned, you know, came, came around for an inspection and we had to backtrack and get some more drawings and engineering and stuff like that. But uh, it took us about nine months. So not too much longer than we had sort of expected. Uh, you know, we, figured we could do it in six months or so, but it took nine months. Um, you know, and every, the thing is every license and permit relies on another license and permit. So just cut through it step by step by step and open February 2019. Okay, amazing. And when you guys like, when you sort of um, were coming up with the idea of the brewery, like did you have anything specific in mind? Like we're going to make a brewery that does this or like, you know, specialize in the style or was it more just like, I don't want to make every style well or like, did you have like an approach? We did. We definitely had an approach uh, where we would kind of hit at least two or three styles. You know, we opened with four taps and uh, we knew we wanted you know, to hit. I mean, IPAs were big and we enjoyed them. Um, stouts, uh, saisons, uh, you know, hit up some sours once in a while, that kind of thing. So you know, kind of like those three, four um, main styles that you know, are pale ales as well, right? So that, that we could make. Uh, without lagering, um, within a uh, reasonable time. And we knew that our system would be really small. So, again, it's one of those things where turnover, planning out, uh, you know, brew schedule, that kind of thing is really important. Um, but, yeah, that, you know, part of it was there was a bit of pressure, too, at the time to make uh, the big crowd pleaser. So it's funny that we've come around to make, you know, the California Common, which can be seen as a crowd pleaser, but... You know, at the time with only four taps, we didn't really want to fill one with like a steady lager because neither of us uh, liked it mm. uh, at the time and didn't interest us. Um, and one of the best pieces of advice uh, we got was from uh, Jason Fisher at NDL House to say, you know, brew what you want to drink and that you and what you enjoy because a it'll bring joy to you. Uh, you won't be brewing something that you have no interest in. Um, and also, you know, the people that come to you will, will realize what your business and what you guys are all about. So, uh, it was very cool just to kind of, you know, affir very affirming, um, mm. and also allowed us to have as much fun and, and experiment as we wanted without sort of worrying about having something that would, uh, you know, sit there and, and remain constant. So I like that. That is like yeah. the most sage advice I've found. We've said this here a lot that like, the brewers that just brew what they want to drink always, excuse me, always, always have do the best. Like the work is superior. 
uh, as yeah. far as like if you, you're into the, whatever the style may be, it doesn't even matter. Like whatever it is, if that's what you're into, just do it and do it like make it the best rather than like well the kids want this stuff so i guess i gotta do it you know you end up doing this beer that you don't really even care about that much and it's just probably better that you just do what matters and then like you said it gives you an identity which i think is important in this uh uh economy i guess or this sort of scene where there is uh, a shit ton of craft breweries in ontario alone not, not to mention the rest of the country it's uh, there's a lot of competition a lot of things going on so if you're not sort of like known for something or at least sort of have a bit of a track it's it makes it a little tougher to kind of stand out not that it's a bad thing really but i can see why uh, he would have told you that that's really smart man it's good that you guys yeah, for sure and, yeah and as you can see i mean we you know our tastes are or, you know my taste has changed and and so um this is you know i love i actually really enjoy brewing such a simple thing now and having it uh, on tap so that uh, you know, I can drink it. My or customers can drink it. My staff enjoy it, and, and uh, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily lock you into place. It just means brew what you enjoy and mm. create what you love, right? Yeah, super, super key. So then, yeah. in 2019, then what did you open with? What were the four beers like with those four taps? Yeah, so we opened with, uh, I believe, a beer called Dolcissimo, which was big. AZ IPA, uh, our first duet. So the plan was to run a series, a duet series, which is you know, a duet of two hops. Uh, so a nice pairing, uh, pale ale. And we opened with uh, Nocturne, a stout, and then a saison. Nice. Sorry how, the name of it, but. <laughs> how do the saisons go um, around these parts? I mean, I just, I just moved out here from Quebec and they're pretty yeah. big out there, but. Over here, I feel like I don't see them a ton. Yeah, they're not uh, too common. Not, not loved. Um, you know, it's a bit of a bit of a running joke about you know, calling your, your saison is a farmhouse sale, and and, uh, and then it sells twice as much, so or twice as well. But uh, <laughs> it's it's uh, it's a it's a lovely style, and I think that. Um, but I think like anything, it'll it'll come and go, or, or depending on the on the current flavor of the week uh, or month. Uh, yeah. And uh, kind of along the lines of what you, like of what you had just said with Jason Fisher's advice there, um, like one of the other breweries in, like in your neck of the woods, um, block three who have been, uh, like who have been in the game for uh, like for a little while now and known for their Belgian styles, like pretty well. I think they're like, they're probably one of the biggest Saison producers in your, uh, like in your area. It certainly, like it certainly seems to work, uh, seems to work for them. Um, I, but like, but I think it's exactly what, like, it's exactly what you said before. Like, they're likely brewing what they want, like, what they want to be drinking, and they, they like, I figured they must like their, they like their saison over there. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, and that's it, right? It's great that they've got that niche, and, and um, you know, they're they're brewing that. And I, you know, there's no way they can make that that same saison and make it that good. They've got, they've got it perfected. So uh, another. You know, thing that we've come across when it comes to saisons is we have to be very specific about the saison yeast that we use. A lot of it, uh, you know, a lot of the yeast, saison yeast is caused uh, by a static infection, and so um, yep. we avoid that based on our system alone, only because we use uh, we have plastic fermenters, which are more prone to uh, you know 
infection or uh, you know issues surrounding surrounding sanitation. So. Gotcha. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. Last time, at least keeping everything as safe as possible. But uh, yeah, but Escarmin provides a you know a, a yeast that that's very friendly for us and, and works really well. So yeah, it's a great. I love it. Um, just don't do it. I think yeah, actually, just don't do it often enough because it's an enjoyable beer. Yeah, totally, man. It's uh, yeah. When it almost makes them like I kind of like that about Ontario that they're not massive because when you do get a style that pops up. You're like, like even like we just Nate and I did an episode last week about West Coast IPAs, and there's not that many that are pretty easy to yeah. get out here. Like it was, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't like we had thirty different beers to choose from. Which ones are we going to drink on the pod? Like we had to be like, oh shit, does anyone have any? Like you know, try. We tried to just get like easy to get ones to make it yeah. simpler. So I find that it makes it more. I don't know if you get if they're fewer and further between, but the ones when you do get them, they're fire. Then it kind of like makes it more of an you know, a fine, like you scored something, you know? So, oh yeah, for sure. For sure. Not a bad thing. Okay, sweet. So then 2019, you've opened with those four beers. What was the response like, uh, locally and how many, excuse, I mentioned this earlier, like I don't know a ton about the landscape of Kitchener Waterloo as far as the, um, beer scene there, but what's the, um, what was the, like, was there a ton in the area? Like how many breweries are around? Um, yeah. What was the community? Were they excited? Like what's the, what's the vibes? Yeah, for sure, man. Uh, yeah. Beer was, beer was really big. You know, we got into it or we opened up in a, it's a very exciting time for beer. Um, you know, beer was hot. New breweries were hot. Um, and it was fun, really fun to be opening at that time. You know, we, we had a really good, you know, connection with, um, a couple of the local breweries, especially you know Shortfinger Brewing, obviously as a as a brewing brew supply shop, and uh, and just great community people. You know we frequent TWB, uh, Arabella Beer Bar was was uh, kind of our our home base for like you know planning nights and, and obviously just analyzing one of eighteen beers that they have on tap. And um, that's a good place to be. <laughs> it's so fun and, and just so uh, yeah, beer people around here are really great. Uh, interestingly enough, you know, I think we were the last brewery in Kitchener, at least to, to have opened, uh, there's one new one in the works in Waterloo, but, uh, um, kind of slowed down a little bit since, uh, I mean, obviously pandemic had a lot to do with that, but, uh, since then, but we had a ton of support. Um, you know, we were, we were slammed. It was, it was February. It was February 16th and it was fucking cold and we had a lineup. People waited for an hour, hour and wow. a half. To get in, oh being very careful about uh, opening, um, you know, with capacity numbers and stuff like that. So we've got a small tap room, and, and so we we stuck by that. And uh, people were very patient and very supportive, and it was really amazing. It was a great, great, great night, great time. That's awesome, man. That's great to hear. Then that you know, it's definitely welcome, and uh, it's one of the you know, we've said that a bunch too. It's one of the strange industries where having more competition actually isn't a bad thing because it encourages. Oh, there's like four breweries in that area. Sweet, let's go. Like, and you can people make a yeah. day of it, or they'll hop around, so they get to visit a bit of everything, and you know, drink some there, take some to go, whatever. So it's that's really cool to see. Not entirely surprising though, I guess. Um, and now I think about it, we did. We had Rob from Shortfinger on, so that was Kitchener. So we have had good. that. He, yeah. yeah, he's yeah. A, he's a good dude. He's a really good dude, man. And he's doing a lot of farmhouse too. That's the other one. That's mostly his shit. So um, exactly, yeah. yeah you've got that stuff brilliant. there. Yeah, doing some interesting stuff. Um, great dude too. 
So then, okay, so you had a really great launch. Everything's popping. Um, how did you sort of continue from there? Like as far as you know, what you're making, did you like? And that's probably specifically about that time, but also kind of in general. Like, how do you make those decisions as far as like, you know, where do we go from here? Is it like thing that you're planning out months ahead, or you're just kind of like, what are we going to do today, type thing? Yeah, I mean, we really uh, had an idea to had the idea to stick with essentially those four styles and uh, make some variations of them consistently. You know, we like wanted to hit all those. Um, maybe not necessarily uh, constantly have just those four, but you know, it's like you know, saison or we throw in a sour or something like that. But but essentially um, working through that, so we would really hit you know the hop heavy uh, IPAs and, and just switch up some grains, switch up some hops, but hit that style. And, and, you know, duet was uh, a common, uh, common appearance here. And, and um, you know, we two new hops every time, which actually gets more challenging as we go on. Yeah, it seems simple, but it's, it's, it's a lot of work. And then, uh, yeah, playing with fruit, playing with uh, other flavors. And, and, um, and uh, we started barrel aging kind of right off the bat. One of actually the first beer we actually brewed was, you know, a, a beer for the barrel that we, uh, that we were able to uh, release shortly after we opened because we sat on it for six months and we brewed it, you know, uh, early on a few months before we opened. So, um, and just kind of going from there and, and evolving uh, on those styles, making them better or just working with, with uh, what we had and, and uh, taking different directions. That's great. Nice. Were people like asking for stuff or were they just like, was it just you guys doing your thing and, yeah, I mean, it was pretty much us doing our thing. Uh, we kind of set the uh, set the tone from the beginning by making it pretty clear that we, you know, we weren't we didn't have any flagships, uh, mm. didn't have our core beers or core brands, and it was very much in line with um, sort of again like what we liked about uh, visiting breweries or, or, or uh, beer halls and, and uh, beer bars and that kind of thing, where they were like variety. Uh, like change, um, what's new? Let's try this out and, and, and that kind of thing. So we, you know, we bring back a few beers that we loved and that, you know, let's say we had a few requests for them and, and uh, brew them again, but a lot of, um, a lot of change, a lot of turnover. And with our batches being you know, three hex, it was uh, you know, two, three week turnaround for a lot of these beers and then they'd be gone. So uh, right. our customers became accustomed to coming in and be like, Hey, I tried that last, last week. So I'll try this new one. It was really, yeah, it was really cool. Sick. I love that. Um, speaking of trying a new one, shall we? Yeah. Uh, it is about time. Yeah. What are we? Uh, what are we doing? You're in charge, Graham. Yeah, you got it. Let's uh, crack LL Cool G. Love it. All right, let's do it. Whoever wants to go first. I'll, I'll, I, um, okay. Well, why don't I go? Uh, why don't I go grab it? So, uh, Graham, you can tell us about the beer. Yeah, for sure. Perfect. So this one right here. Uh, I'm a. Uh, I have a feeling you. The way you said similes and metaphors before, I have a feeling you're a hip hop fan. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I've been a hip hop fan since yeah, since I was a kid, man. Yeah. Okay, beautiful, love it. Um, I appreciate it. Most beer folks are not, uh, so it's uh, it was it was yeah. great. Um, calling to be LL Cool G is also super dope. So this is a cool ale with lemongrass, lime leaf, and ginger. What is a cool ale? Oh man. Uh, it's just really cool. We thought that's all. Uh, honestly, and, and the, you know, the name, the name is, uh, yeah, it has everything to do with the ingredients as in, uh, you know, lemon, 
grass, lime leaf or the LL and uh, Cool G. Uh, but a great play on, you know, of course, our, one of our favorites, LL Cool J. And, and um, we brewed this one with Thompson Tran of uh, uh, Wooden Boat Food, who's a local chef, a great uh, ambassador for uh, sustainability, um, uh, food and uh, access to access to food and uh, just a great guy. So he is uh, very rarely in the now producing food. You know, he closes his kitchen down, but he's very, very sought after. So we decided to do a pop-up together and make some delicious food. He makes some delicious food show up here and, and we wanted to make a beer to pair with it. So uh, this one, yeah, this one really hit with him. He, he uh, loved it when he, he had a sip and, and uh it was like a perfect pairing for the dinner you made that night. So that's awesome, man. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big thing with us, you know, working with local businesses again is, is a, it's a lot of fun. It opens our eyes to uh, what other people are doing business wise, and uh, not just sticking in with uh, you know just other breweries and that kind of thing. Totally, it's very very smart. Yeah, cool. um, yeah. You should go yeah, grab, your beer. grab your beer, grab your beer, Love it. Very clear, this one, eh? Like crystal clear. Oh yeah, yep. You can, yeah, you can see right through that. That's uh, like that's pretty cool. This is an interesting mix of ingredients, and uh, like that would have to be pretty deliberate to come up with that uh, unique a mix for a specific food pairing. Yeah, um, I mean, obviously, with like you know, lots of uh, I guess herbs or spices or whatever you want to describe this as, they can probably lend themselves to different dishes and stuff. What were the dishes that this paired with, man? Because, like, this is some pretty interesting stuff. Yeah, it was uh, Penang curry with, um, and then he did some spring rolls as well. So, but, uh, yeah, lemon, I mean, lemongrass, lime leaf uh, were in there. And then, of course, uh, you know, this is uh, curry mix, uh, peanuts as well. So nice. it was, it was uh, yeah, it was, it was a perfect pairing. Uh, it reminds me, to be honest, and, and kind of after, you know, kind of researching, um, you know, Vietnamese uh, drinks, food, that kind of thing, mm-hmm. this really hit. I modeled, kind of modeled it after, a, let's say, a very common tea, grass tea with uh, lime leaf and ginger. really just wanted it bad. So, and, and it, otherwise, the grain bill is so simple, just, just a base malt, you know, closer malt, and then... Uh, a touch of wheat and it is uh it's got some some tea like very tea like qualities you know a little tannic drying and uh but but it's cold, you know cold and carbonated it's, it's like a i don't know it's like a beach drink definitely i can see that just like crystal clear it's like very bright aromatic like herbal but like oh yeah the i guess a lemongrass gives that citrusy Yep, ginger, I love term. big fan of ginger. Boys, cheers, yeah. get in ya. Cheers, fellas. Oh yeah. Oh wow, that's big. That is like the nose doesn't give off how large that is. Yeah. Wow. Oof. I'm trying to even describe it. Okay, so it's not I was sort of I thought that it might be a little sour based on maybe probably just the, the lime and the lemongrass, the lime leaf. Right. But yeah. Yeah. It, it, like, what's the base? Would you say it's fascinating? 
Yeah, it's it's intense. And using Limeleaf uh, gives us such a different, the lime flavor is there, but you know, it's not, like you say, sour, tart, or anything like that. You know, it's, it's very much, uh, and I think that's what gives it so much tea-like character is the fact mm. that we're using, we're using the greens, you know, we're using the leaves. And lemongrass in itself is such a uh, uh, very, very herbaceous, herbaceous, I guess would be the word. But uh, um, so, yeah, so that, that's, yeah, it's a really different play on what you would expect. Yeah. And the ginger, um, like the, the ginger comes out quite prominently, not in a way that's like kind of kicking your, uh, like, like kicking your palate, but it's uh, like, it, it's, it's very prominent in the, like in how it kind of really, really dries out from the mid palate to the finish. I find, um, mm. without being too like intensely, uh, like without being too intense either. Just yeah. It's a big, uh. Yeah, big big turnover, big changeover. I think from um, yeah, from the from the lemon lime kind of flavors, and then yeah, a, a big big ginger finish. So, sorry guys, I'm just trying to turn yeah. off my light here to try and get a better. No, you're good. It's fine. Yeah, yeah cool. Um, yeah, so really fun to fun to fun to drink, fun to serve, fun to talk about. You know, being a being a collab. Um, and so yeah, really yeah, really enjoyable to make. As Wooden Boat is the name of the uh, the restaurant that it was the collab. Yeah, Wooden Boat Food. Yeah, so Thompson, he's uh, like I said, he's closed his kitchen, but he's he's kind of famous for his sauces. He's got a couple sauces on the, on the market. And he's focusing on that to uh, grow that side of the business. Smart. Yeah, there's like almost nothing better than productizing anything that uh, that you can do uh, like in that space. Then that's it's the money's in yeah. right there. Yeah. Um, yeah, true enough. Yeah. Okay. That's sick, man. This is like, it's, it's like, it's so when you have a beer like this, it's super interesting. And sometimes it's even like, it's hard to almost place it. Cause everything, you know, just like in life, we always like put things in a box. I'm like, all right, well, what's this supposed yes. to be? You're yeah, like, exactly. You're yeah. like, it's a cool ale. It's, it's a cool ale. It's just cool. <laughs> it's and a I'm cool like, ale. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not mad at that. And it's just like in, in your head, you're still always trying to pl- place it somewhere. Which is uh, it's true, yeah, yeah. It's not really under a style. I mean, I guess if I were to place it on, in, in a box, it would be a wheat, uh, you know, wheat beer. Mm, um, there you go. I can see that. You know, and uh, yeah, flavored wheat beer, fruit wheat beer. That now you say it. I don't know why I didn't pick that earlier. Do, do, do you get that too, Nate? Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, I think I do. Yeah, I can see. yeah, the, the, like there is like a certain graininess to like to it as well, which is pretty common in uh, the, the, like with um the, like with wheat beer. So, yeah, I got that. I, I, I don't think I would have placed it. I, I don't think I would have placed it without you saying that. But uh, yeah. but now that you do, now that you do, I've got that. <laughs> yeah, more of the American style, right? I mean, not too. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't a you know, Belgian East or anything like that. Just uh, we can end Caliel, but uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm. Um. So probably a good like a good segue from this be, uh, being like a community collab. Um, your uh, like your brewery's whole ethos is very, like is very big on community, and um, in fact, I'm like noticing that the the slogan that you've got printed all uh, like on all your labels is community sustainability beer. Um, 
Do you want to talk a little bit about uh, like about kind of what's like what's behind that ethos and kind of like what uh, like how the like how you kind of experience the like the community that you work with? Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, those three three words. None of them would really exist without uh, the others, right? So. Um, it's just so important. We we open we put community first as well, and that in that slogan because that's what really matters. Uh, we opened with community in mind and, and wanting to uh, be a, a safe space, a place where everyone and anyone could come and enjoy beer um, and, and uh, feel comfortable. So that was the start of it, really. Uh, our main our main goal: uh, sustainability has come into play more so as, uh, you know, as we became more established, we were able to, and lucky enough to say, uh, focus on certain aspects of brewing, um, that will lead us to be a more sustainable, uh, business. Um, and, and hopefully, you know, the industry as a whole can, can, uh, roll into that as well, because it's so, again, you know, the stuff we rely on is grown and it's grown, um, from our earth, <laughs> so if our earth is healthier, then then we'll be able to produce. Uh, you know, the, the producers will be able to to uh, make better product. Uh, they'll be successful, and so you know, just anything from from uh, buying locally, so that the you know carbon footprint is lower. Deliveries are you know a few kilometers away versus uh, cross country, um, not even cross country, but uh, yeah, internationally. And, uh, you know, us from, from uh, our processes, you know, we'll, we'll preserve as much water as we can when we chill our work uh, during transfer, uh, all that sort of stuff. And it makes a difference to us. And then, of course, beer, beer being, you know, we're a brewery, but until uh, some people would think, why is beer third on the list? But, but uh, again, like I said, you know, our, our beer wouldn't exist without our community and uh, our local partners and, and uh, what are, are, of course our planet very cool i like that man i like uh, that that's like uh i guess in you know this day and age it's uh, it's important to consider that you know we've only got one earth so we're gonna take care of it it's uh it makes yeah. a lot of sense and you know beer does yeah. use a lot of resources a lot of energy so if there's any way to sort of you know reuse recycle conserve um may as well do that as much as possible which is dope yeah um, yeah, exactly. Exactly. As far as the the community, so that's a sustainable side. The second point was community. Um, talk more about that. Like, what was you know? Did you have like intentions before you started the brewery, or was it something that came about later on as you were opened and you were like realized the importance of it? Uh, yeah, different parts of I would say like the you know uh, definition of community came about at different times. I mean. You know, what we wanted to be was kind of a hub, a safe place, like I said, for, for people to enjoy beer, discover beer, um, enjoy company. Um, and so that was kind of what we had in mind for community. And then, of course, as we, the idea of Counterpoint came to life, we realized that, you know, community is also different businesses, like beer businesses, you know, supporting each other. Uh, being there for each other, whether it's just uh, you get a question about brewing beer, about opening a brewery, or if you need 
ingredients. Like if, if people are here for each other, which is which is huge. I don't think there's another industry that is as um, community focused as, as beer. No. Um, and most of the breweries here, uh, again, have the same same intentions as us when it comes to their community, not just other uh, breweries, but you know their their customers and um, and their local population. So it's really, really amazing to see uh, people pull together. There are a ton of um, brews that are uh, brewed with intention, with the intent to fundraise or bring mm. awareness to something important. So um, yeah, we're, we're so lucky to have the opportunity to, to, to have this business as a platform for, for this, kind of, um, uh, this kind of focus. It's really, really nice. That's great, man. Um, you mentioned the um, like brewing beers for a cause. I, I saw you guys did uh, Black is Beautiful, which is very cool. Um, yeah, of course. When, when did you do that? Was that back in 2020 or was that sort of after the fact? Yeah, we did two versions of it. Um, nice. And it was kind of, a, again, community focused, very community focused with four, four breweries involved, uh, Block 3, right. uh, Short Finger, right. TWB, and uh, of course, Rent from Beer Diversity. Be on board, and our label supplier uh, Kinsbury as well. You know, sponsored that, so it was. Uh, yeah, it was a big, yeah, yeah, big project. Um, we brewed it, knowing that we didn't want it to just be a one-time thing. Right. Um, so we brewed our Black is Beautiful. Uh, you know, released it. Our plan was also to uh, host uh, an event. Uh, to bring awareness and also, you know, raise a little more uh, for uh, for the cause, you know. But it was during COVID; it was very difficult to plan anything. You know, we planned a couple events, but uh, that fell through. Um, so we decided to yeah, to brew another batch and we put it in barrels. So each of us purchased uh, you know, barrel specific to uh, what we wanted to do with it. Brewed another batch of Black to Beautiful together, stored it for a year. And uh, we ended up, we were lucky enough, you know, between lockdowns to uh, throw an event at Arabella with four breweries and, uh, and uh, some folks from the uh, African Caribbean and Black Network of Waterloo Region where the funds were going towards. Uh, so we had some great food, uh, great conversations, and the community support was, was amazing. So That's dope, man. That was, uh, yeah, that's really, uh, yeah, that's really great to hear. And, um, there's only there's only a handful of breweries that uh, that we've seen that have bothered to uh, that, like to do black is beautiful more than once and to make it more than like than just brewing the beer slapping the label on it and kind of uh, seem seeming like it's walking away afterwards so it's you know good to see that that like when like when there is kind of more like more of a focus to what's behind it, where like where it's going, what do, like what does this really mean? What's the like and kind of the community that it's uh, like that it's meant to support with a little bit like with there being a little bit more behind it. Um, see, I think like I think you'll back me up on this. Like because we like we've watched like kind of how that unfolds with a lot of breweries between Ontario and Quebec, and it doesn't happen very much that there's uh, like kind of much follow-up afterwards right no not at all and, and i could think of one brewery in quebec that did it uh three times and then i i, I didn't really know of anyone else who did it more than once um 
and that was uh, we can talk about it after. But it was like we we started a nonprofit called Link Up uh, last year, and um, yeah, more of that. You awesome. that, yeah. I feel like that could be a good fit if uh, that's ever of interest to to do one of the collab beers at some point. Um, love to have you on it if if that feels like a, a fit. We can chat about it off air, but it's um to see that level of dedication to that cause is um. As Nate said, it's it's really dope, man. Like I, I saw that we were looking through Instagram uh, earlier today, and Nate were and I were doing it beforehand as well. And I don't, I just, I really respect that because it's like it was a harder ask sometimes for people. Like I feel like it was a newer thing for 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 maybe people in Canada to sort of get behind. It's it's something that's probably been at the forefront of media and people's minds and stuff. Maybe in the states a little more than over here. So um, Ontario did. Uh, there was a reasonable amount of breweries that got involved in um, in Black is Beautiful, but uh, basically, hardly any did did it more than once. Almost almost none. So big big kudos, man, to that dedication. I think that shows across the board. Obviously, there's a lot of having community on your uh, shirts there and on your logo. You live in the walk in the talk, as they say, which is uh, you know much, much respected. Yeah, well, you know, it means a lot for us to be able to do it. And, and again, and to be honest, I don't, don't want to downplay, but it is fairly simple to do. I mean, we just, you know, brew a beer with the cause, with the cause in mind and, and to uh, continue to make that, um, yeah, continue to make that part of our mission, especially being community focused. It's not just, yeah, it's not just a sticker. Yeah. It's not just a statement. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's what we love, what we love to do. I think that says even, a lot that um, that, that you know it's it's kind of that easy a choice for you, yeah. and um, and speaking of um, like that also being a local community thing like um, I, like I know Ren's uh, like in like in your neck of the woods as well, and um, that's not the only collab you've done uh, like you've done with her and uh, and beer diversity as well. You've had a few other collabs with her, I think, right? Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, we're <laughs> so lucky to have. Uh, Ren here, and it's you know it's it's um, it's an honor to have her, and it's it's always a pleasure to see her. But it's also just like motivation to be like you know let's let's let's, let's remind people let's get on you know on board with this um, and bring as many of our customers and our followers or new people to uh, to realize you know what, what what can be done, and, and if it's as simple as having something on a label that they read while they're enjoying their pint, then uh, you know let's make it easy for everybody just to learn something and. and Sway them to the to the right side. Yeah, man. Um, it's it's fantastic, and even just the fact of doing it doing it twice, but not only doing it twice, having the event and then bringing in people from the community. So, like like what Nate was saying, like a lot of people do it, and there's no shade to people who do it. Like they probably have good intentions, but the the follow through is really, I think, the the key differentiator with something like this. It just happens to be this. this, yeah, yeah, very impactful. Uh, having conversations, um, Q and As, you know, and, and just really uh, seeing our community engaged, and just you know, just just essentially just beer lovers, but uh, that that know what they want out of their out of their breweries, their local. Breweries. Yeah, and, and giving a platform then to the people that this is intending to help. They're actually, hey, come speak. We want to hear you. What what you have to say. Let us, you know, let yeah. the community ask you questions. See, that is sick. That, but that's what I'm talking about. Like. It's that oh, yeah. extra step that you like didn't have to do, but like Nate said, it wasn't really a thought for you. Like you know, it's like, yeah, of course, of course that's what we're gonna do. Like it so it really shows yeah. how ingrained this sort of thing is um in the brewery, which is 
just refreshing and, and super fucking dope, dude. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, and Ren's been awesome, you know, like, even from before our opening, you know, she's been uh, met with her a couple times, and, and uh, just to get to know what, what her, you know, what her business was all about, her and uh, what she loved uh, in the beer industry, and, and what she didn't like, of course, as well, so it's really important to kind of kind of gauge, see where, um, you know, gave us, gave us a little more motivation and, and uh, focus. Uh, our third anniversary, I guess, capsule or theme that we uh, we created was with was with her, and, and we did you know shirts and a triple IPA and, and uh, some stuff over there. So it was a lot of fun, a lot of fun. That's sick. Yeah, third anniversary would mean this. Yeah, this February coming up. You got a fourth coming up then in a couple months. Yeah, birthday's coming. Oh yeah, what's uh, what you guys got planned for that? If you can say. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, happy to say. I mean, we're. We're kind of going to keep it fairly simple, but uh, just go for a fun night. You know, we, we're not, um, we don't have a kitchen, so we don't, you know, we're not a restaurant by any means and, and have food regularly. So we'll bring in, bring in a pop-up that uh, won't, you know, won't spill the beans quite yet, but it'll be a, a local favorite. Um, and somebody who's been by our side from the start. And then of course, brews, brew some beers, Serve some beers we've been saving for uh, a while, and yeah. uh, I think we're gonna have some you know, some good tunes, some DJs in, and that kind of stuff. So should be pretty good. Should be pretty good. That's dope, man. Thanks. Yeah, you got you got to do it up big. I noticed a lot of uh, brewery. I mean, I feel like it's almost like the anniversary means more now after the last couple of years. Like yeah. you know, when oh, man. not everyone made it, everyone was really pushed to the limit as far as you know whether it's financially, whether it's emotionally or whatever, um, as far as what you could sort of deal with and, uh, you know, all the back and forth, back and forth. And then, you know, just making it deserves a celebration. So it's, uh, it's, it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I love seeing breweries go all out and making a whole bunch of cool beers and doing something sick for it. And I feel like people are, have you found that maybe people are more, what's the word, like more excited or more like into the anniversary thing rather than being like a, sort of more like selfish thing is really about celebrating we're all still here and this space still exists because of you legends. Like it, it has it changed the way that people will perceive the anniversary or maybe you wouldn't have noticed it as much cause you would have celebrated year one and then a matter of weeks later shut down. Yeah, exactly, man. I mean, it's a, it's a bit of both. We can work. I'm, I'm very aware that people are, uh, thankful and super supportive. So these these things matter. I mean, even during COVID, I mean, we had a <laughs> we'll say we had a banger of a first year anniversary. It was amazing. Um, this place was packed. We had you know a lot of fun, and it was busy. So you know that was rewarding, especially after uh, first year of opening business. Yeah. Um, you know, and in year two and three, we're 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 uh, shrouded by you know the gray cloud of, of COVID and. and um, but we still had a ton of people show up. You know, we, did, we just did online orders, special packages, you know, some collabs and stuff like that. But but uh, people were there for us. So yeah, I'm really hoping for you know year four will be uh, more fun in person. Uh, a lot of sort of kind of you know uh, get together and uh, just enjoy the moment. And, uh, I I think you know you make a really good point. And uh, definitely notice it during, especially the initial stages of COVID, that you know, support your local business, or else 
they really won't survive. You know, it's not, it's not just about, uh, you know, our doors are open, so we'll be okay. Like we, we really needed uh, the support and we've received it. So we're extremely fortunate. But I'm thinking that, yeah, like this one, <laughs> this one will be like, you know, or open, open anyways, to be somewhat like a repeat of, of year one where we can all get together and celebrate. Right. And the fact that the fact that we've survived, I mean, it's, it's, uh, I, I don't know, it's kind of unbelievable to be honest, but um, I'm trying not to think of it too much as like a, a stressful situation is more of a something to enjoy. So, yeah. It's been tough. It's been tough. Sure. No, that's not like you got to just sort of lean into it. Did you guys, so you couldn't probably do a second year. I imagine that was probably just didn't happen. Like in 2020. Yeah, I mean, our first year anniversary was uh, February, and then we shut down. I think, I mean, I don't remember exactly where we were at between lockdowns or, or lockdowns. Yeah, who even knows? <laughs> I feel like we did some, blur. yeah, just some local deliveries and pickups and that kind of thing. So. Gotcha. So no party for year two. Year three, you did have a party, but it probably would have been somewhat restricted. No, no party. Well, we did. Yeah, we, well, we were open. Yeah, we were open, but You're it was open. pretty uh, restricted. It was pretty tame. Yeah, yeah. pretty restricted, and, and so. Um, and not that I'm always looking to have a party, but I think you know it's fun no, once it's, in a while. Oh, totally, man! It's more just like it's not really about the party, like I said, as much as the celebration of like, of life, the wiki yeah. of, of of the community type of thing, and like you know, it's only after not being able to have it does it mean like even more, just because. Yeah, and I can, I can mean I'll tell you. Even if nobody's here, I'll I'll be I'll be part of it. So. <laughs> Come through. There you go. Great yeah, attitude. <laughs> shooting twelve percent barrel aged beer. I love it. I'm here for it, bro. Um, yeah. I I don't know if we wanted like because we did the other one a little bit late. I don't want to rush too much, but I want to make because we're doing five beers tonight. So I want to make sure we get through them all. Should we go to the next beer? Because I want to talk about the packaging and stuff, which is yeah. I'm super curious. Let's do about that it. for sure. Yeah, sure. Um, sounds good. Which one's next, my man? Looking at it. Let's look at uh, Friends in Mo Places. All right. There oh, is. Sounds good. Yeah, you're good. Graham can get it first this time. All right. So speaking yep. of community and collab, so this is a black IPA in collaboration with Kayla from Kayla Likes Beer, who I've chatted with uh, a bunch online. I don't know her personally like well or anything, but she seems like a sweetheart. Um and she, I think she's based out that way. I, I guess Graham will confirm. And I, I, th I think she's, you know, she works with a lot of breweries, supports breweries very heavily uh, in that uh, part of the world, which is dope. Yeah, and I think I, I think she works at Reverence Barrel Works and uh, like and Broly and does a lot of the social media for them. So yeah, she's she, she's pretty active in the scene. That would make sense. Yeah, I've seen her post about them a lot, but I wasn't sure like what the deal was because like if I yeah yeah she, she works there she works there okay that makes more sense because i think i started so yeah. she used to talk about him a lot then all of a sudden i started seeing her in their um social like in their reels and stuff and i was like what's going on here? um yeah but this is super dope that uh they did a black ipa i feel like those are pretty damn few and far between these days though Yep, pretty few and far between, and uh, like, and I'm, I'm, and this was like not only was it a collab with Kayla, but also, uh, but also a Movember beer as well. Hence the Mo. I was gonna ask. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, there you go. Look at you. You know everything already. Look, you can just. What are you? How do you know this stuff? 
How do you know Nathaniel? Uh, well, I, well, I mean, I, I like I assumed for one thing, and uh, like, and also confirmed on their uh, like on their IG afterwards. Um, plus, I also don't think we've got the original label on this one. Um, they did have like a custom label that had the picture of the mustache on it as well, so it was a little bit more clear on that one. Gotcha. All right, I'm gonna go sense. grab. I'm gonna go grab mine now, and I also need to change my camera battery while I'm at it. No, you're good. So, Take your time. Back. Okay, no problem. Um, we we're just discussing this beer. So this was um, uh, we're just saying like I've never met Kayla, but I've spoken to her a bunch on Instagram. She seems like a lovely young lady. Um, tell us how this one came about. What what the deal is? Yeah. So I mean, Kayla's a she's amazing. She's awesome. Obviously, a, you know, beer lover. Yeah. And um, we're uh, yeah, she's local to us, so we're lucky enough. You know, we get to see her fairly often and uh we become quite close but she she grows hops in her yard so um that's cool done a couple collabs we did actually in, you know kind of along the lines of community collabs uh great noise uh we did with her as well and i was using her hops last year before last year i guess and then uh, yeah this one she was asking us if we could use her hops again for a beer and it just the timing worked out that uh we were about to brew uh beer from November. I had no idea what it was going to be, but it turns out to be made a black IPA. Very cool, man. I really feel like these are uh, an underrated style and a underrepresented style. Like I don't see a ton oh, yeah, of them. Yeah. Yeah. I, they're not. I mean, I, yeah. What, where do you see them? Um, I think release the hounds from big rig. Probably the only regular the only one. one I've seen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the only one, yeah, mm. the LCDO that I've seen and, and tried, but uh, I think yeah. I remember when the first one I ever had was uh, Flying Monkeys, like twelve years ago, type of thing. Okay, okay, yeah. They had this called like the Netherworld or something like that. Can't they? But they called it a Cascadian yeah. Dark Ale. Um, oh, that's right. That's right. Which is like the official term for a black IPA, and then there was there's that what's that brewery? It's called like Wuchak Black Kitchissippi. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Is that a black IPA, Nate? Uh, they also they they also bill that one as a Cascadian dark. Right. So it's but it basically is a black IPA. Yeah. Okay. Is that eight million hops in this? Eh? If uh, Untapped is correct. Is oh that- yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah. I mean, there's a bit of a story behind this. There was a. Please. Uh, I mean, Kayla had three hops, uh, hers, but then from and we wanted to showcase those as. You know the ones used in uh, Whirlpool, and, uh, but uh, I was down half. So we got two heating elements in our. If I threw a kettle, and one was down, one went down. Day, so I knew that I would either a not get to boil it or b boil it for like five minutes. So to get to the bitterness I needed, I kind of went through the the hop cellar <laughs> to uh, get into what we needed here. So yeah, yeah. Oh, is that? All right, so I sent you guys. I guess I ran out of um, our true November labels uh, when I sent them to you. But we this is this is uh, what we're looking at here. So yeah, yeah, yeah this is the, yeah. I was just telling C about this one while you were uh, while you were going to grab it. Yeah, this is dope. So it's a November beer primarily, um, and Kayla had the hop. So you're like, hey, let's figure out a recipe that that works. Yeah, man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, very flexible in this, you know, and, and uh, I don't know, just kind of trying to figure out 
what we would do that would really stand out for Movember, you know, stand out because, you know, mustaches stand out and, and uh, we just want to make something pretty, pretty funky and fun. So yeah, it was a great, great style. Yeah. You know, I never made one, been wanting to make one for a while and, and, uh, Definitely, oh, this uh, is your first one. That's cool. And I saw you yeah. were rocking a glorious stash for uh, uh, for, for all of November there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. One day, one day longer because we did a uh, a fundraising event here. My barber came by and we did Shave mustache trims for everyone. And, uh, yeah, it was a good time. Man. It was a good time. Good shit. Nothing right more, on. you know. We need to make fun out of. We can grow a mustache for charity and why not? You gotta go hard. Absolutely, hide. go hard, go home. I'll be not. I'll be not. I'll be knocking on your doors next year. Now that now that we know each other. Uh, oh yeah. You know, yeah. Why not? I'll be. I'll be working hard to convince you. <laughs> I haven't shaved off my beard since I was seventeen. I'm forty-one. Yeah. I feel like I would look absurd. Like I really oh, yeah. don't think I would look fantastic. Yeah, I would. Right. I think it'd be weird. I used to have like, see what you've got there, like that length of stubble. I used to always think that was a beard and I'd shave it almost like a <laughs> between a one and a two or whatever. And I had this little shaver and I would always yeah. do that. And that was my beard thing. I remember before I left Australia, I let it grow for like two weeks and I just thought I was wild doing that. And so it took me a little bit <laughs> before I got- Especially when you're that young, you know, like that's, that's a lot of growth. Yeah, I mean, exactly. And like, you know, people yep. are telling you, to sh you just look messy because it's like, you don't really know how to take care of it. And like, it's probably not the proper hair yet or whatever, whatever. But um, yeah, you get to that kind of stage where it's like, I don't know. I just, I, I don't know what I would look like. I pro literally, I'd probably get, we'll get rid of the grays. I'd look 12. Be funny trying to buy beer. <laughs> Imagine going to buy beer with no beer like that. I just kept my ID. Like, Here you go, bro. <laughs> Do you know who I am? Yeah, yeah. Well, they won't recognize me, would they? <laughs> Imagine, my one thing though about doing that that always made me nervous is I have to do so much content for multi. Like I, this is a big project of mine, but I have a social media agency and we and we do. You have a oh, YouTube yeah. channel and stuff, and I got these other things that I do. And I was like, that's a lot of different places to have to look ridiculous. Like I'm okay <laughs> for BOS because it's funner. It's like the stupidest one because we're yeah. getting drunk and talking shit. But like, I don't know. Let's let's talk about it. We we're in touch now. We'll I'm talk right. about it. We'll talk I'm about close it. by now, so you know. Um. <laughs> the last time I the, the, the last time I shaved my beard was in twenty was in twenty thirteen, and that was the last time I did Mo, I, like I did Movember too. I was on a good oh, stretch nice. of doing that a few like a few years in a row, and that was the last time I did. So it, it's actually funny because if you hit me up for this next year, that'll be twenty twenty three. That'll have been ten Ooh, years since the last time I shaved my beard off. Uh, I feel like Might be the it's a natural <laughs> natural fit. Do people just say if you had a beard, right? Save me and Nate. What if we just shave the mustache? Is that a thing? And do the Amish yeah. look? Yeah. Is that so, I mean, It's really all about, I think, like, the taking spirit. yourself a little less seriously for a month and, and, and uh, man, even if you just talk about it, make people aware and, and or do it for yourself, for somebody, uh, be a little healthier, right, for, for a month. For the month. Well, cheers to that, boys. Yeah. Love to see it. Cheers. I'm excited cheers. for this one. Get that in you. The hot, yeah, the hot melee, for sure. Mm. Oh, I love black IPAs. This is great, man. So it's got Amarillo, Magnum, Cascade, Glacier, Centennial, Chinook, Comet, and Raquel. Oh, shit. I'm getting a lot of bit of coffee. Yeah. 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 It's nice that, uh, yeah, the, 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 the base really holds its own. Yeah. Carries through. 
Mm. Yep. I get um I, I, I get dark chocolate too. Yeah. Like um yeah. but but like a very, very dry dark chocolate, like uh like an eighty or ninety percent cocoa yeah. kind of uh, like kind of thing. Like the grainy version. All bitter like, yeah. like all bitter and no sweet. Like it like it's it's so clean and dry uh, mm. the whole way through. But really creamy. Mm-hmm. The buddy's fantastic. And it's like one of those things where the bitterness maybe hits you and then it like as you as your palate gets used to it, it kind of just smooths out a little bit, and then you get more of that chocolate roastiness without the bitterness and that creamy body that really supports it well. Wicked, wicked body on this dude. Thanks, man. Thanks. Yeah, love love hearing like uh, the analysis from others. You know, it's it's so great to get get geeky and and, uh, and uh, get you know get in these tasty notes. Mm. We love it too. It's just like obviously neither of us knows shit, man. Like we're not trained. Um, we just drank a lot of beer and talked about it a lot with people much smarter than ourselves. So it's sort of like you, you pick things. You're a good up. company here, man. Like, <laughs> you know, just, just the Holmberg on, on pro apparently. Hey, man. We're all, just, we're all just faking it, trying to make it. No, it's, well, you're actually doing it. We're just still drinking. So, you know, you're, you are the pro here. But this is, this is dope. I feel like um, it's got the nice little – there's like – you know, like I guess from the hop, you've used a lot of great New Zealand hops in this one. Which obviously are you know quite tropical fruity hops, but I imagine the maybe portions of them, excuse me, are on the lower side because I'm getting it. It's almost I don't know if the maybe roastiest um, notes are covering it or if there were just smaller amounts where they were supporting hops and they weren't supposed to be um, riding up front as such. Yeah, exactly. I mean, a lot of them came through, and uh, I did multiple editions, right? I mean, I mean, some early ones to get get bitterness, uh, and then. Courses, I realized how long this was taking yeah. to boil it. I would just, I would honestly, it was, it was you know, flying by the seat of my pants, just adding a bit more uh, here and there. So, um, yeah, so you'd get some kind of in between early editions to later editions to Whirlpool, um, and then even like you know, dry hops. So, we did, I mean, all the whole leaf hops from uh, Kayla were used in the Whirlpool, so we could be processed and we could kind of catch them in the Filter basket there, right? Try out those some of those little hops as well. So. What were which ones were um, Kayla's hops? Kayla's uh, so Centennial, uh, Cascade, and Raquel. Okay, growing Raquel at home, eh? That's dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know you could so do. I might that. even miss that one. I might even miss that one on the, on the list, but. Uh, yeah, that's in there too. So. Okay, you pop that on um, Untapped, which I very much appreciate, by the way. As, as like, I just rely on it for quick access to, you know, as I'm writing these little notes. It's good to be able to like just refer to it. Sometimes, you know, maybe they get thrown up and don't get put down. So whenever brewers actually go to the effort of putting what's in the beer, like yeah. I appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, man, it's super like roasty. I'm like. Yeah, it's like a touch of like a touch of like the fruity sweetness in there, um, but it's mostly really like Nate said, really dry, which follows in lots of chocolate. Um, yeah, man, solid as fuck. What's the response been to a beer like this? Being that it's like, like we said, we were all struggling to name more than two or three uh, regular ones out here. Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, this this kind of beer, I get. Yeah, I guess it's. Yeah. <laughs> Uncommon. A lot of people with questions about you know what a black IPA is. At least that one's pretty easy, pretty easy to answer. Yeah. And um, um, but uh, mixed, mixed. It's kind of a polarizing beer. It is. Yeah. Uh, people would either 
I mean, few, I would say there are a few people who are uh, uncertain even after drinking it, but can appreciate what it's all about. And then those that love it and hate it, right? So uh, I think those that are coffee lovers, I find are very much similar to, uh, you know, like black coffee, uh, different roasts, that kind of mm -hmm. thing, where there's so much more fruit in some of these coffees than, than you would expect from just, you know, this black bean. Um, so I think yep. that that it, it sat well with, with coffee drinkers and then, and, you know, those who are a little, who've been drinking uh, craft beer for a few years, you know, kind of remember that black IPA phase where there were a bunch of them out there. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point because i guess the newer folks probably wouldn't have experienced it like we all would have uh you know i guess a decade or so ago when yeah they were exciting and there wasn't a lot of them but when you did get them it was it was pretty interesting but there was yeah. probably more than back then than there are now maybe like some i would say so yeah I, want, I imagine there's been a bunch of one-offs. I can think of a couple. I know Sankey M did one for Link Up in the second series, which was great. They, they did. And um, there, were, so there was also that one that Dominion City did a few years back that you lost oh, your mind over. Yes, Melody Noir. Yes, I'll never forget that one. But I love how you say it was a few years ago, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, these things just don't, they don't happen. They're not out there. So. That was 2018. I remember specific because it, it was an event that Ren was speaking at, funnily enough, that we went up to Ottawa for. Okay. And we hung out with Nate and the Dominion City crew for the night, and that's when they uh, released that beer. Um, and it was a rare thing, even in 2018, which was like, I was about to say PK's sort of like fascination, where it was still like getting out there, where you know you still couldn't get a ton of it um, oh, yeah. in Quebec or Ontario. Like there was some, but it wasn't like a shit ton yet. So like a black IPA was still, I don't know still relatively rare, particularly in a time when things were really changing as far as what was the most popular thing to drink. So it was like almost like a bold choice at that time. Um, yeah, but, I don't mean, I don't think it ever became popular per se. No. But, you know, it's, at, its, <laughs> yeah. at, its, at its height, it was, you know, it was, it was, there were a few around. But. Yeah, there wasn't a ton. I've seen a few different, like, like black versions of um, – like, I guess I just use darker malts, like a black Goza. I've seen one or two of those before, um, which is super interesting. Um, what was the other style that was kind of weird? I guess you see, like, dark sours here and there. They're probably a bit more common. Yeah. And, uh, the, like, and it, like, in the... Uh in the like, you know, when when you start getting into the barrel game and whatnot, you'll get like you'll see dark saisons every like every now and then. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a good one. And they're lovely. They're lovely. Dark sours, dark saisons. Yep. Uh, yep. Yeah, I think you guys just just uh, remind me that I need to make one. So yes, Had, like or any like darker. Um, like one of my faves is like uh, I know you don't do lagers like yet or or at all, but. Um, like dark lagers or black lagers, like a Schwarzbier type of thing. Uh, I wonder if there's like an ale equivalent. Like it's probably like the the Cali Common, but like all, going all the way. I wonder what that would be. Yeah, exactly. Be? I mean, we did. Uh, you know, we played around with Fike a, a little bit, and, and so nice. something like that is something we can play with. We did a, a Bach, you know, Fike Bach. And, nice. Uh, but, That's fine. Um, and it's and they're great, great. You know, something. Again, clean, uh, light body, but but just with with some more uh, malt to it. And, you know, 
Pretty enjoyable. Yeah, man. I, I like to see it either way. It's just like, it's always fun to see something that like you haven't really seen before or much of in a, in a time where, you know, certain things are super popping and I understand why I like all those things too. But it's just, I don't know, it, it, back in the, it makes you sound old, but like, you know, when we were all like, I got into it properly in 20, January 2011, I guess, was when I did the selfie thing. So, like, I always count it from then onwards, really, is when I was proactively searching out beers, like, heavily. It was just, like, a different approach to it. And you anything that was different, you were like, yes. As opposed to maybe now, like, someone said to me one time, think about the people getting into beer now. Like, they might just go straight and all, like, someone, and the reason why someone was, I swear it was someone at a brewery. They were like, they come into the brewery and they're like, why is this sour not, like, a smoothie? Like they think a smoothie sour is the only type of sour because that's all they've really <laughs> had because they've had haze, they've had pastry stouts, yeah. and they've had like smoothie sours. So it's sort of like yeah. newer beer drinkers aren't going through the same process that we did where there was a level of excitement over the newer stuff because a lot of the things that we sort of drank are, are still around, but they're like it's almost like the things that were easy to get and were right in front of your face aren't really around anymore. You have to search them out. So it's sort of just like a, a different approach, and I wonder how many newer drinkers get to be exposed to a style like this. In yeah, comparison, but isn't it so great, like meeting these meeting people who are just getting into it or have a question like that, you know? And it's it's so cool because you can you know, you'll blow their mind and be like, no, not every sour is a smoothie. Sour, <laughs> you know, not every IPA is hazy. You know, like it's it's yep. so cool to have these conversations and like you know. Uh, it's kind of like a refresher too for you to be like, oh yeah, I was I was there once. Do you get that a lot? Beer, yeah, know? man. So, oh yeah, I would yeah. say like we pretty regularly like uh, you know uh, we meet people who are just trying out trying out beer. You know, I'm not a I'm not a craft beer guy. I'm not a craft beer girl. And um, want to, but I, but I thought I'd try it. Or my friend brought me out. So, and so many questions. And I love I love people who are actually interested in trying something new. Hmm. I would actually really love to have that. I, I'm not going to lie, bro. I don't have that conversation with anybody ever. Cause all no, but you surround yourself or your, yeah, your circle of friends is, is uh, are people who are yeah. in the beer or, or for the most part. Yeah. So like, yeah, I, but, yeah. But when you're it, but like it, that, that must be a completely different game when you're like, when you're the one putting the product in front of people. Yeah. You're the expert. Yeah. You're the you're the guy behind the beer. They're at your establishment. You're being able to give them this full experience and walk them through this, like you know, even just for a series of little tasters or something. Like, like, all right, try a little bit of this. Okay, you like that? This is what this is. And like, I can imagine. Imagine like you didn't know shit about beer. You walked into a to Counterpoint and how many taps you got now? Yeah, we got six. Six now. Six taps. I mean, that's sizable plus stuff in package that that you might bust out if there's no taps of it. I imagine, right? Do you? Oh yeah, yeah, we've yeah. got a few other. Yeah, for sure. Perfect. So, like, you know, you could go in there and you could have. Do you know what? I, it's almost like it's an optimal situation because you could have fifteen taps and they'd be like overwhelmed, but six is like, let me break this down for you, and it's not too much, and you could really like take someone on a journey that I don't know. Like we've all been doing it for so long that it's, not, it's nothing. But I can imagine, like, imagine being hit with all of these different terms and all of these different things when you don't really oh, yeah. understand yeah. it it must just be like phew. so like six yeah definitely I mean, it, yeah and it's great like you know our, our uh 
you know, like my staff is, is, is amazing too. You know, they're, they're, they love beer, they're beer, geek, beer geeks as well. And so anybody comes in with a question or, uh, yeah, asking about beer, then, then so great to have this conversation and just, and you can have it at any level. You can have it at like ultimate beer geek level. You know, we've got one of our guys is, is crew home trained and, and then we've got, uh, you know, some newbies, and, but, but you can go any, from anywhere in between there and, and talk about beer at different levels. And, and it's, it's, yeah, it's so cool. That's sick. Would you be able to, it might be hard because I imagine you're not serving all the time or anything, but like, like, do you know what sort of percentage of the crowd are sort of like, we consider maybe newer that maybe like anecdotally, like, do you get a lot, is it more like beer nerds are coming in or are like just people looking for a night out or are they brought, you know, a beer nerd brought their friends and like what that demo is to, to a mild degree? Yeah. Yeah, like currently, I would say most of our customers that we see, uh, you know, from day to day, are like our our return customers. You know, I'd say like three quarters probably uh, currently. That's cool. Um, which is big. Yeah, it's amazing, right? Yeah, you see the same people. You know, they know what we're about. They know what we do. Want a? They want a mix of like some of their favorites and some of the some of the new stuff, right? Yeah, it's good. And then other than that, I would say. Our new customers are either like beer lovers checking out the region, checking out the area for uh, you know Kitchener Waterloo Cambridge craft beer, so they're doing a little uh, brewery hop, and then the others are like brought in by a friend or like dates or something like that, right? Where it's very like, oh, I heard this was a nice spot, so we thought we'd check it out, and, and uh, that's also really enjoyable and, and uh, it's such like a small tap room intimate setting, you know, they, they really get the, the full. Kind of experience about what we're all about. That's cool, man. I like that. Nice. That's pretty. That, that's actually just cool to when you think about that. Like you know, you've got it's, and both sides are great because if you've got regulars, that means you're doing something right because people keep coming back. But also, if you've got newbies, well, I mean, that also means you you know you you you've been given the opportunity to present craft beer to somebody and, and potentially win them over and make them a customer and a fan of the product and therefore the industry and support the businesses, you know, wh- whether they're from the area or otherwise, like it's, uh, yeah, it's yeah, a cool, sure, sure. It's a cool little situation to have. I like that. Yeah, one. definitely. Like, you know, somebody's come, coming in and, and, uh, saying, I'm not, not really in craft beer. I never tried beer or, or craft beer. Um, I definitely like, you know, it's all my staff. I'm like, just, just, uh, make your mission to like find something that they might, enjoy a bit or like try again you know, try twice and, and, uh, yep <laughs> one of the running things in the summer is like all right see how many people we can get to to drink stouts in the summer right so, <laughs> it's, it's not stout season, but, but they're so good you know how can you not you know 100 summer evening watching a band outside or enjoying the patio and uh, having a sip of stout are you talking like an imperial or like an oatmeal oh man wow I'd say, hey, let's, let's start it. Let's start an oatmeal stout for the <laughs> challenge. But I'll drink an imperial stout any night. I've started. I used to always think people were crazy. Like Nate, when Noah, we have a chat with a, a bunch of beer media friends. Our, our friend in Quebec is one of the main beer writers out there. And he would always, the joke was it would be 4 p.m. on any given day. And he would post, send a photo that he was drinking that beer like before 4 p.m. on like a Tuesday. So he'd be <laughs> cut home from work and he'd have a, whatever, some crazy beer. And he, even if it was, he always was like, man, I don't give a shit. If it's like 35 degrees outside, I'm drinking a 12% barrel aged stout. And I just always thought he was kind of crazy. 
But I don't know. Yeah, it's the good stuff, though. Yeah. I kind of get it now. I kind of get it. Yeah. Like, I would, I wouldn't do it on a work day, but, uh, <laughs> uh, but like I've, I've, th- th- there's something to it. Cause I've pulled that move on like, uh, you know, on a Sunday afternoon, if you're ha- like, if you're having a bit of a lazy day, like popping that open at like, uh, like at like four o'clock and nursing it for one and a half, two hours, like, like that, there, there are worse ways to spend a summer Sunday afternoon for sure. Yeah. Oh um, yeah. And if you, you know, if you're not throwing it back, those things, that kind of beer is, is amazing because it just develops over that hour, hour and a half, right? I mean, it's, it's exactly. transforming. Yeah. 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 I've been, yeah. I've been converted lately too. It's like, I, I had like a strict drinking schedule just cause of COVID, you know, like all of us, we go a little too crazy. So that, all right, let me just, oh, yeah, I know. it's the only way to sort of like, you know, keep, keep things in check. So there's, there's certain nights I was supposed to take off Sunday, Monday, and then Wednesdays. And then Nate and them were always giving me shit, but I turned Wednesdays into like big beer Wednesdays. Cause like I'm drinking like, you know, in the thing that we do this content and blah, blah, blah. Like there's not like always time for a 10, 11% beer. Cause I've got so many others to get through. So I was like, well, if I wait to the end of the night on a Wednesday, like after dinner, after everything, I'm a bit of a vampire. So like crack the first beer, whatever time you finish dinner. And now I only have big beers that night. Like I fucking love Wednesdays now because of that. And I do that all summer long too. Like, like now it's colder, bro. I love it. I've been going out of my way to just rack up stouts. Now I'm in this, we were in an apartment for years, like a decade in in Montreal. Now we have a house and I got a whole cellar area here and it's glorious. So now I can get stuff. I can see what I have. I can plan it ahead. My fuck yeah, I'm going to drink this on Wednesday. Boom, boom. And I'm like, it's become like a, just something I very much look for. And, and, you know, like barley wines probably too. Just anything that's ridiculous ABV that I would not normally yeah. Um, drink. Yeah, and I appreciate it. And I do it in the summer as well. Um, it's one of those things where like you can have, depending on what it is, like, you know, because like, I wait if I wait till after I eat, this is a secret, then I don't, like, it doesn't really touch the sides. So then you could probably have two. Of these ridiculous yeah, you, need, you need some sustenance there, man. You need some some layers. Yeah, you, <laughs> you, 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 you need some carbs with, uh, with that. Oh, yeah. Keep the carbs down, and then you get the opener. Yeah. So I'll try and have like an 8 to 9% uh, and oh, something. Yeah. And then I have the big one. If my girlfriend's splitting them with me, well, then I can have like four fucking beers. I don't it's go crazy. Three. Yeah, four. three, maybe yeah. four, because then it's like equivalent yeah. to two. So I'm like, what do you want? I always ask her earlier that day, like, are you with me tonight? And she's like, no. I'm like, okay, no problem. All right, let me see. But if she is, I'm like, all right, let's go. I'll go and grab the stuff. I know. It's a, it's a good time. I feel like uh, Imperial Stouts in, in the warm weather. I'm with you guys. I love, I love how the 8 or 9% is the gateway Imperial Stouts. <laughs> <'Cause> I, <laughs> I know. It is kind of start. ridiculous. Just, just to start on one. I always look for like a smaller um, – like a short can, like eight or nine. It's like, oh, there yeah. isn't too many. Yeah. I've only found like, it's funny. I lived in Quebec for 10 years and then uh, now I'm like gagging for uh, Peche Motel. So I've been, you know, Nate's right on yeah. the border. So Nate's parents live in Burlington. So we've been having a nice little, um, some dog hair floating in there. Um, we had like a um, little situation. Of, you know, He gets stuff for me. I get stuff for him, give them to his parents and they bring them between. So it works out pretty well. So now I've been like, hey, man, can you get me another four-pack of uh, Peche? Because Peche is like a little bottle, 9.5, nice and easy one, and then you can get into the more hectic stuff. Um, yeah. I gotta find, I gotta, do you do anything like that, like around the 8%, 9% uh, stouts? Yeah, I would say we, we kind of jump from like 6 or 7 to like 
10 like, or whatever, right? For the barrels. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I respect it, man. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've done a couple. Yeah, I mean, again, like, they're just one offs, like you were saying. Stuff. Bunch so, of yeah, stuff. We'll, we'll, we'll hit, we've hit that for sure. But I, what we started to do is, is package our, you know, stronger stuff in, in 300, 330 mil bottles, right? So, yeah. Um, and I Good see. I, I I appreciate that. I like this is like a hill that I'll die on. Is that, <laughs> that like big imperial stouts should be like should be served in smaller like in smaller formats? I appreciate it so much when things that are like uh like that are things are like above nine percent are in like three thirty five mil bottles or like or shorty cans. It's so much more manageable um like it's a case of like my wife's not a beer drinker so i'm like i'm the only beer drinker in the house oh, so sometimes yeah, that makes a difference well, like it was like oh yeah it does so like if i end up with a 650 mil or a 750 mil bomber or like or something like that even a 500 mil at sometimes if the like if we're talking uh like a 12 uh like a 12 14 percent imperial stout or barley wine or uh, like or something like that that, like that will wreck me if I like if I'm drinking that to myself. Yeah, there are a lot. I feel like I'm with you on that, dude. The smaller the packaging for a larger beer, the better. Um, yeah. So having I did notice that that the um, the the three thirty, the Imperial Style was three thirty. Um, I thought that was thoughtful in comparison. I just like like yeah, it's it's one of those things where like. It, it makes it like even okay. So I've got my night where I do it, but I could probably have a smaller portion like that. Three thirty, I could probably do that on another night. If yeah. I just cut out one beer, I could like replace that with two. You know, what I'm saying like it's doable. But like, say if you get a seven fifty, you got to get one of those um little wine stopper things. And but I find they like don't always do the trick. It's not the same. No, they don't. You almost need like. You know, your own CO2 canister to, to, <laughs> to re-boost you know, pur- purge out your bottle again, right? Like, I mean, just Guys, keep going. It. I'll be back in five. I just need to go check on my son for a second. Of course, do it up. Yeah, um, yeah you're right. I, I always thought about I know this is stupid, but have you ever tried, you know, the soda stream machines? <laughs> yeah. Would that, what would that do? Would that do anything? Or is that ridiculous? Uh, the only thing I've heard is like, you're not, you're not supposed to use anything other than water in that, so I don't know if that's uh, why it's causing a problem. I, I imagine you could probably do. I mean, they're you know they're growlers that keep uh, keep your beer carbonated, right, or keep them under under CO two. So mm. yeah, I feel like you could probably probably there's probably some solution. Maybe it's maybe it's a new new business venture, right? There's got to be something a bottle like a yeah. like a bottle closer that like. Yeah. Maintains a CO two, yeah. That's got a little yeah. CO two canister, like keeps bursting it in there or some shit, like just to keep yeah. it going. Or can but, can topper or something like that, you know? Yeah, can top. That's a good idea. I always like those. Um, they're not very. I don't think I've ever seen them here. But have you seen those like eight ounce cans? Like probably what's eight ounces? Like two fifty mil, something like that. They're almost like they're like probably two. They're like the Molson cold shots, or are they even smaller than that? They're they're like short and fat as opposed to like the tall and skinny. Oh, they're like stubby. It's like stubby, stubby. So I've only ever seen them in the states. Very few, like literally one or two beers. Um, yeah, I think it's eight ounces. Yeah, so it must be like two fifty mil. It have to be whatever that yeah. works out to be. Yeah. Um, those are pretty damn cool for those type of uh, beers, like those small formats. So it's sort of like it's almost Absolutely. like. 
historically the big stouts and the bigger beers have been packaged in 750s because it's like a sharing, you know, it's meant for sharing. It's the whole intention of it. Um, But I feel like over the last two, three years, that kind of pointed out the flaw in that packaging is that, hey, maybe not all, you know, not everybody has access to more than one person. Like if, you know, there's either a lot of people out there over the last three years who now have a seller of beers because they kept buying that shit and then they couldn't do anything with it. Or they've had to either like take that whole bottle to the face or like, you know, like it's harder to spread that sort of thing out. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's a, it's a really good point. I mean, even in the 330s, you know, like you could share that still, right? I mean, it, with a big beer, totally. it, it, it could still be a two-person beer. Um, but it was especially when, yeah, like you say, you get in the 750s. I mean, it's either, you know, you're committed for three, four hours drinking that beer or or you have a, a, you know, your beer buds and you're, you're sharing and, and geeking out about it. But I it's think a lot. Uh, they're fun. Those big bottles are fun. But uh, like you say, I mean pandemic has changed a lot of things and I think that people are sitting home and, and uh, more often on their own or small groups and, and uh, just enjoying the, the special things on their own or with smaller smaller groups. Yeah, I feel like that's definitely the, the trend that's sort of happening at least with that sort of thing either. Like the trend seems to be lower ABV period and um, smaller packaging. So it's really cool. What made you do, excuse me, what made you do the 330 in the stats? Oh, essentially, I mean, just my own, well, I would say my own experience being like, you know, again, with 500 ml bottles, you know, is what we were generally doing. And, and so when it came to that stuff, it was, it was a bit much, but also, you know, people were coming in saying, ah, I can't buy that. Like it's, it's a lot for me. Right. So, um, so yeah, just kind of that, that the combination of things and, and uh, just made a lot of sense. So. That's dope. I like that a lot, man. I just feel like uh, so these ones here, these are five hundred. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Oh, fifty CL. What is CL? Is that centiliters, right? Centiliters, yeah, yeah. Kind of. It's like that's a, cool a that's a whole thing in its own. You know, I, I was avoiding uh, ounces. I just you know we're, you know we're metric we're in Canada and, and that's one of those things where why we're sticking to ounces. I get I get it. It's very simple, but at the same time. Um, just thought it was it was a nice nice change and and, uh, and uh, I don't know I mean centiliters are it's it's such a simple measurement but it's underused and nobody knows what it is so we've had plenty of people come in and try their own version of CLs like cubaliters or <laughs> cantiliters or some other uh, other shit but uh, that's awesome you know milliliters gets to be a bit much because you're writing a bunch of zeros and uh, it's it's simple but it's yeah it's it, it, I like it, it throws people off. It's, it's also like when you think about that, you know, the Belgian beers, first place of beer, they're all centiliters and metrics. So You're so right. They throw, are too. Throw back to that as well, right? Yeah, that's dope. That's a good one. I'm picturing like Chimay and stuff like that. Like they're all centiliters on there. Yeah, you're so right. It's uh, it's dual because the ounces thing throws me off, dude. Like coming from Australia, which is straight metric. I think Canada is one of the few, maybe England too, are one of the few places where it's sort of like a blend of metric yeah, in the exactly. interior. The hybrids, when it comes to, to pints, you know, it's just, it's, it's ounces, right? So Yeah. And like every, yeah. every time they go on 16 or 20 ounce ball, I'm like, fuck, which one's a pint again? Like someone asked me the other day, like two days ago I was out and they asked me that. I'm like, I just went the smaller one. I just didn't know. I couldn't remember <laughs> yeah. what was what. Yeah. It was like, uh, it, it's always super confusing because we always have like, 
even in the gym, everything's in pounds or everyone's weight here and we're yeah. all in, yeah, in kilos. Exactly. So I've forgotten, I've been in 12 years, so I've forgotten how kilos works now. I don't remember really what it was. And it can't, I've got a vague memory, but like I don't recall because you kind of have to learn pounds. But then oh, yeah. some yeah. things here are in ounces, some things are in like mentally, I don't know, it's all weird. Like Tall Boy, the Tall Boy cans are 473, which I guess is 16 ounces. But like, That's right, yeah. like in Australia, they're 500 mil. Like they're, they're a little taller. The actual cans. Oh, yeah, 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 which makes so much sense. I mean, but I mean, we're so close to, I mean, obviously, yeah, so close and we're neighbors to the States. I think it's because the, the American of, uh, can makers, is it the aluminium people? Like the actual companies, if I'm not mistaken, are all in the States. I don't think anyone really makes it here. So like the Americans yeah. are making it, so they're going to be like, fuck you, this is our size. This is what it is. Oh, yeah. yeah imagine what you'd have to pay for a 500 mil can. <sighs> yeah, I guess it's... Custom, custom, custom cans. Custom built. I brought them, you bring them back from Australia. So I've been back only three times since I've lived here, but bringing beers back and then you put them in the fridge next to the other ones and it's all like off-center. And even the short <laughs> yeah. cans... So like our Coke cans there are 375 mil. That's, that's the only two, 500 oh, yeah, and 375. Man. Like that's it. There's no in between. Oh, Here there's 330, 341, three, blah, blah, all this bullshit. And you're like, I don't know. So then I'm putting all these – there's all these different sizes in the fridge and it ruins the stacking if you yeah. have to stack them. But you, You've got the real tall boys. The real tall boys. And it's, uh, it's, it's, right. it's, it just looks so strange when you – oh, do I have one? I swear I have one uh, that I kept because I thought it was just – so funny. Oh, I have one here somewhere. Can't see it. But yeah, it's it's just like such a funny, um strange thing that it's like only if you like whatever, a little bit higher, but it's just like when you put them side by side, they just look hilarious. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um how we feel about the next one, boys? Yeah, let's yeah, do it. Let's do it. Yeah. Pretty obvious what Go we're ahead, going. Tree top. Tree top. So is this um, – I noticed this was on the Instagram a bunch. So this – you said you got no flagship, but this feels like it's a pretty regular appearance. Yeah, yeah. And I mean that was when we opened. I've kind of uh, – yeah, we kind of evolved into having a couple – I'd say two, two that are common slash pretty consistent. Treetop and Trail, trail Magic are, are here. So okay, here to stay. Gotcha. And is that because just people like them, you like it? All the above. Yeah, both, man. I mean, our commit, our commitment to like, uh, well, with treetop, our commitment to sustainability. It has a lot to do with what we stand for. So, you know, every time we brew that, we uh, through Tree Canada, we plant three trees. Uh, so, one of those things where you know, offsetting our carbon footprint, uh, doing our thing for climate change. Um, again, you know, for us, it's very easy. Plus, it's, it's a great beer. Uh, our my former brewer. Uh, Came up with this recipe and, and uh, yeah, man, it's it's a lot of fun to taste and make and share with people, and, and uh, they've come accustomed to it, so they, they come in asking for it. So I'm here for it. Love it's it. Good. All right, go go yeah, fill up yeah, your uh, glass and uh, you got hold it. it down. In the meantime, um, IPA, love it. This is six point five, which is the with money Sabro, zone. Simcoe, and Magnum. Ooh, Sabro. Sabro Simcoe Magnum. Sabro is a uh, a glorious young young hop. Indeed, I feel like it's still kicking around. Like, 
interesting combo, like um, Sabro and Sim. That's exciting before. Yeah. Um, I guess Sim coming. Guys, support all right. Oh, it's looking glorious, man. Yeah. Uh, where are we going to take this photo? Here we go. Beautiful. Um, so Sabro, Sabro, Simcoe, and Magnum hops in this one. That is an interesting blend. What's the uh, what's going on there, man? Yeah, man. I mean, Magnum's a great powerhouse. Uh, you wouldn't even taste it, right? So it's it's our bittering hop we generally use. So sixty uh, sixty minute hop. Gotcha. Uh, just yeah, just high high potency, high alpha acids, and, and gets the job done to bring it to. And it's just a touch, right? I mean, it's one of those things where this is. You know, more East Coast, um, but I do appreciate uh, a bit of a crisp bitterness, uh, even if it's just a few IBUs. It's it's uh, it's a nice little balance in there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, this is pretty hazy. Yeah, Simcoe Sabro. Yeah. 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 Simcoe Sabro, I mean, it's kind of like yeah, a bit of new age, a bit of, I mean, not necessarily traditional or old school hop, but kind of that, 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 that good IPA hop, Simcoe. Yeah, for sure. And greener, greenery and, and Sabro being that kind of kind of mind-blowing, weird coconut tropical hop. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I got to say, like, full, full disclosure, I, I am not a fan, not a huge fan of Sabro on its own. Uh, okay. I think it's like, it's like suntan lotion. <laughs> uh, kind of like like weird coconut stuff, but but it, I found it it blends so well with um, with certain hops, and so it's fun to, fun to play around with that. You know, I'm with you. I'm I'm with you on that. It's. Um, it's a bit like it's a bit intense in its unusual flavor on its own, um, but uh, like it needs so, like it needs something else to balance it a little bit, and it does uh, like it does blend well if you can get um, like either some other kind of more fruit forward hops or one that has a bit of a balance of pine or something like that that kind of uh, like combines well with it. It works better that way, I think. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. And so so a lot of that's like. Uh, with, with a lot of hops, you know, even, even, I mean, Simcoe on its own is, is also mind blowing, but it's also nice just to kind of balance it out a bit, right? Like kind of have a friend to play yep. with. A friend to play with. That's a good episode name. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Done. Yeah. Noting that down right now. So <laughs> I don't forget. Um, this is good, man. This is really good. This is a cool buddy on this one. Thanks, you sipped that before yeah. cheers and didn't you? you Oh, I, I'm, I, I held it up. You were talking. You were talking. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Stop talking, Nathan. Get that Cheers. in you. Cheers. Get it in you. Mm. Yeah, man. Friend to play with. I love it. Um, it's this is this is super interesting. I feel like I haven't had Sabro in forever, and I'm the opposite to you guys. I love Sabro. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I do understand the suntan lotion thing, and I've, not the first time I've heard that <laughs> exact description. So clearly, it's a thing that people experience, and I completely get it. I like the whole pineapple coconut thing that seems to happen with it. I mean, I'm sure it can be used in a wrong way, um, but uh, this is—I see what you mean. There's a little bit of like a piney resinous kind of thing going on here, probably from the Simcoe, I imagine. Then a touch from the Magnum, yeah, but Simcoe is yeah. known in the West Coast IPAs. Um, 
to kind of balance it out. But the buddy is fantastic, which is definitely more on the East Coast um, tip. Yeah. Cheers. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, man. It's like creamy. It's a little bit sweet. Like I find it's probably the sweetest of the beers I've had tonight. Um, yeah. But it works really well with this style. I think it's sort of like too dry like IPAs are unless it's like straight West Coast where it's like bitter like it's that works but I feel like with the New England's there's got to be a little bit of sweetness I personally prefer it that way um, but it's not overly overly sweet um, I feel like the cyber is still kind of subtle like you said I definitely a get it play on the nose I, 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 I get it on the nose like pretty significantly on um, on the palate it's pretty like I'm, I'm finding anyway it's pretty balanced from um, like from from some piney vibes coming through with the Simcoe yeah yeah, yeah. Um, no, I totally agree like it's it's definitely a, in this one more of an aroma that comes through yeah hmm yeah, I dig this, bro. I feel like this is so interesting. I don't know if I've really had a New England IPA like this before, or at least not in in a while. I feel like it's like it's got this. There's something about this is unique. Like, what what maybe? What is it? What do you think, man? I don't know. Like, I, for us, it's just like our it's our regular brew process. It's a good like pretty standard malt bill, you know, with the base malt pilsner that we always use, and then that. A good amount of oats and wheat, mm-hmm. um, and that's you know, but just just yeah, that's it. A little bittering, a good whirlpool, which I find can sometimes be overlooked. Um, you know, when it comes to brewing, like whirlpool hops will still give you good aroma and flavor, but also provide some bitterness, which is nice. Uh, again, like layered bitterness. Hmm. Okay, but I don't know, man. I don't know. It might be just a little more IBU than than is used usually in uh, you know East in Coast the New England. Games. It yeah. could be that, but I've definitely. I mean, I've definitely had bitter like IPAs that like sometimes I describe them as like East meets West, and I've always enjoyed. But it's almost like it presents East. Um, it's yeah. almost got like a New England body, but then there's this yeah. sort of like because this is not dank. It's piney and resinous. No. no. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's fairly fresh tasting, right? Like it's yeah, like, yeah, deep for sure. That. Yes, that's a good word. Fresh. That's what I'm looking for. I'm just trying. I'm trying to sort of like get get my sort of exactly what what this is, why this is different to many other New England IPAs that I've had. I don't know if Nate, if you want to. Experience. I feel like you've got a more nuanced palate with far as your tasting notes than I do. Yeah, I think you're not wrong with um, like with describing this as um, like as East meets West. Um, Sabro, I mean, is definitely way more of an East, uh, like of an East Coast IPA hop, um, and it's like providing a very like soft tropical vibe to it. Whereas soft is what it is. The sim, like, like, and Simcoe is such a like is such an interesting hop because I find that it can like it can present in so many different ways. Um, like there, like there are definitely some all Simcoe. Um, 
like haze bombs that like that I've had before, and it just really works with that too. But it's also such a prominent West Coast hop, uh, like bringing for like bringing forward huge uh, like huge pine flavors and that kind of like sticky resinous vibe as well. What I'm getting from it here is more of that kind, like more of kind of a dry pine sort of thing. Um, yes. So it's it's quite a contrast to, like to to the Sabro. Um, it's uh, like, it, it's really, really good. It works well together, but I, do, like, like, but I do find, um, it's kind of a hybrid style is what I'm tasting. Uh, that's yeah. cool. I love, I love the analysis on that. And, mm. and it's, uh, kind of like what going for when we developed the recipe was like, all right, make it this East coast IPA, make it a little bitter and also like, you know, use these you know, little more old school hops. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it works. Well, we use the same. So yeah. Yeah. It's very cool, man. Like you've made it work, and I guess the 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 point of I guess this convo, like it stands out amongst a crowd of, you know, New England IPAs that are probably don't have these characteristics. I guess as far as the yeah yeah for sure the bit of thing. and since we've been talking so much about Gateway, you know, this is one of those uh, beers. We'll say that people will come and say, well, I don't really like IPAs, you know. And my first question is, well, when is last a when was last time you had an IPA? That you tried and like you know really what was it um and so it's great because it's it's it's, it's full flavored it's punchy it's it's gonna it, and there's nothing that smells bad about it and the only thing would be if it's you know offensive to your palate no. you, know, you don't like it too bitter or too sweet but but uh yeah it's pretty you know for an idea it's got what you got what you want and it's but it's pretty easy to drink very much so yeah, I can see that uh, being a, a solid gateway where it's like, you, you're right, because I feel like a lot of people who said they don't like IPAs had a West Coast IPA in like 2014 and never forgot about sure. it. Sure, yeah, yeah, you know? exactly. And, and it ruined the, their life. The IBU wars. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Back yeah. to the, you know, the palate-wrecking, tongue-stripping yeah. thing. Yeah. which But it's also one of those IPAs that like IPA lovers can enjoy because it's you know, still it's hoppy. It's there. Exactly. There's There's plenty of like oomph to it. Uh, I'm I'm getting everything like I don't feel it's not like lacking in anything. It's it's just unique in 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 a market where things are like I feel like IPAs trend a little sweeter, and obviously the very few have that piney bitterness in there. So really, yeah. that's probably the differentiating thing because you're not using like Nate said. I, I remember having all Simcoe hop IPAs like this year, and there were straight yeah. New England, you know, maybe dank but not by, uh, bitter or piney or anything like that. Whereas like You've intentionally leaned into that that element of the hop, which I have had similar-ish things before, like East meets West beers. I feel like last year they were more common, maybe the year before, but I, I don't recall having a lot of those this year, if either of you guys have yeah. had, had that. I don't know. Like, I can't think of really anything oh, yeah. that I've had lately. Yeah, I think like a lot of like the, those that present as West Coast, even ours, like we've known a couple West Coast pale or IPA but uh, you know even those at this point are you know, like ah, we can't just get that bitter so let's you know it's, it, they're mostly hybrid even the west coast really so with your west coast is it like the opposite style hybrid where it's clear but maybe it's a little more fruitier than just being piney yeah, and dank yeah yeah but I think I think you cool, know, man. we just have to go we just have to go for it but it's also nice like in a way right because some of the, again as as you know the current or most recent trend of hazy East Coast IPAs have been like 
too sweet, a bit too much on that side of things. You know, the West Coast are, I mean, obviously they moved away from it for a reason. It's just so bitter and, and, uh, and uh, caramelly and that kind of thing, right? So, yeah, yeah. So you yeah. moved away from that. Those the hybrids elements. are great. Well, yeah. Interesting. The, have you guys ever done a straight up West Coast or it's like typically like a, this kind of your own take on the style? Yeah, just our, our take on it. I mean, we've, uh, well, I mean, we, we went for it, but then realized that we you know, could have gotten more bitter. And uh, so I think that's what you know, we'll do next time is just like, just go for it. You know, don't be afraid of just getting too bitter. We we'll go for one batch of, you know, massive IBUs and, and uh, sell, <laughs> give it to the people. It's, see what they say. Hey man, it's experience, like, right? Yeah. That's it. I feel like that's what yeah. it is. And like, I don't know, like I said earlier, like Nate and I just, the last episode was uh, a West coast one. And it was something like, I feel like, I don't know. I won't speak for Nate, but I, I went really heavy into the, uh, the trendy stuff. Like the haze was something like I was obsessed with from 2016. Cause you couldn't get it. And also cause I couldn't leave yeah. Canada for a bit when I discovered it. Cause I was waiting on immigration so I hadn't left for a long time. As soon as I got my work permit, I was fucking gone. I was like going to the States a lot. And then, you know, as Canada slowly amplified it up, it was, it was really cool yeah. to watch and, you know, drink stuff from everywhere. And then over the last yeah. year, year and a half, maybe or so, like really started to get into the West Coast. And to the yeah, point for where, sure, man. like, for sure. you know, like, I guess it's almost like, it's not quite the pendulum swinging back for, for Nate and I, because we we talking about this a lot, that's why we did the episode. But like, just like an interest, you know, that we're having a lot of haze. It's around. It's everywhere. It's fantastic. It's it's great. You know, nothing negative to say about it. But you know, it sort of almost the volume of that made you appreciate the the West Coast more. So when you're having, and I feel like all of a sudden there was, like we were saying before about the Cali Commons or the Black IPAs, like you know, they're few and far between. But when you get your hands on them, it's like, oh man, I scored one. And it was, oh, yeah. And it was a, a, yep. a thing. It was a big deal, and you like really appreciated it. And then you found the few ones that were made regularly that you could get your hands on. And you know, we both found that we were, you know, reaching for those beers a little more often. We're like, huh, this is interesting. That that's the trend that we're finding for ourselves. So, um, you know, I don't know if other drinkers have experienced something like that, but I one, I, I guess I'm telling you this to support your. Uh, notion to make a full-blown you know balls to the wall west coast ipa <laughs> yeah, it's just, like just go for it yeah man like you know i feel like it could be i'd be interested based on what you're saying about who your customer base is you know you've got your regulars you've got your new people um there's the folks who have you know like the uh, being scarred by their ipa experience seven years ago whatever the fuck but oh, yeah. you know i imagine that uh there's there's going to be an element of the crowd that are going to be like, yes, this is sick. Like this is, you know, and it doesn't have to be like the pallet wrecking stuff. I feel like the ones that I don't know, Nate, you can probably speak to it more, but I felt like the ones that we had in the last episode were sort of like nuanced. They were definitely more tropical forward than what we remember from back in the day. They were still piney, bitter and dank, but I guess balanced. And, and it was, yeah, you know what I'm saying? A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I feel like all the beers that we had tonight are very balanced. And if anyone's going to do balance, I feel like you could you could definitely do that. Yeah, but I kind of feel like making a pallet record, you know? Like then fucking let's get a pallet record. Why not? Go for it. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yep. I just want to make nobody all, all those uh, all 
no one remembers the average tasting, stuff. All those, yeah, exactly. All those nerve endings. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you make a, um, you've, you've really, if you're dead out, like this is very exciting to hear that if you want to do that, cause that's sick. <laughs> like what is the difference? Okay. This is probably a little beer nerd question. Then we're drinking a new England, you know, heavy style IPA here with Simcoe, but then you can go and make a West coast IPA with that same hop that will rip your tongue off. What's the difference in the use of the hop to extract maybe tropical flavors, maybe a touch of bitterness in this one, but the West Coast would be a completely different process, I imagine. Yeah, I mean, when you think about you know, the West Coast is just focused on bitterness. I, I mean, dry hopping was not even a thing, right, when uh, hops were initially used in America. So it would just be a lot of early additions, um, I may, mm. you know, may give in to some dry hopping just for some flavor, but I would probably just use that, the, the traditional West coast hops, uh, the sea hops for that purpose. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, just, just to give that flavor, but still, you know, we could oh man, we'll do some tongue stripping with some, some bittering. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, you know, you yeah. like it, but my latest and latest, I mean, like a few years ago, my buddy brought up. It's like a 120 minute IPA, right? Dogfish head, and, and uh, oh. there's no no information on that. You know, it's just like IPA, and uh, it's like basically a barley wine, right? Oh man, it pours like syrup, and it drinks like you're chewing on hops. You know, and so there's no ABV on yeah. there because the regulations down there don't don't require it. And so yeah. Oh my god. It says, oh, anywhere between <laughs> like 11 percent and 20 percent. Like, what am I getting into, right? But just destroying my body. Yeah, <laughs> worth yeah, worth so it. Maybe maybe not that bad, but we'll do some. Yeah, we'll make it. We'll make it happen. Something good. I think. <laughs> honestly, oh, I, I'd love to try that. There would be uh, absolutely. There would be a uh, a very excited subset of craft beer fans um, for something oh, like yeah. that. I think so. I think so. I think we, what we'll do is we won't rip it off. We'll just do 115. Ooh, there you go. 117.5 minute IPA. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Someone was telling me, oh, Nate, was that in the episode where we realized that like an IPA, like a West Coast IPA that just went for that long was essentially a Bali one? Yeah, yeah, the, the, that's what we were talking about. It's not the first. It's not the first time we've mentioned that. I'm pretty sure we've talked about that before in a chin wag or whatnot. But yeah, yeah, which is hilariously fascinating but i guess it's like a barley wine but with a palate reckon hot profile yeah. as opposed to that kind of sweeter thing yeah, pretty much right yeah, yeah. oh that's fat. Yeah, you know, like, like something go. like something like back when barn cat used to make green out that was uh, like that's basically what that like what that was just a super aggressively hopped american barley wine like like that's what that was for sure <laughs> Yeah, I guess I never thought about that. That's what that is. This is this is like this is fantastic, by the way. I'm really sort of like the, I feel like once again, like the bitterness it makes it unique. But it's one of those things where as soon as you start, you have a bit of it. You know, um, it starts to mellow out a little bit, and it kind of like it's there in the back end, a little touch just to differentiate. But it's not like yeah. um, it's not like taking over, and it's it's like a nice. I think for me, it almost makes it more drinkable, right? But- Mm. You can get yeah, IPA that, that you're gonna have one of because you know, it, it sounds funny, right? But uh, yeah, it's too sweet or, or, or just not balanced. And, and you know, 
one big IPA, but I think I think the bitterness kind of balances it. It's kind of uh, blending in with one thing I'm a huge fan of is hop burn or the greenness of a beer. Yeah. I find that it like it makes it last longer, which is obviously a big challenge with the style. But like mm-hmm. if it's used right, I just think it's like a nice little like just a little, little thing at the end, which is kind of the bitterness. If if there isn't a green hot burn thing happening here, then it's the bitterness that's replicating that same feeling at the very back of your tongue at the end of the sip, and it's yeah. um very pleasant, and I fucks with it. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I love to hear that, man. That's good. That's good. It's uh, it's dope. One thing we didn't touch on that I mentioned earlier, but then we kept getting distracted was the choice of packaging. Um, I okay. noticed that uh, obviously all the beers we have tonight are bottles um, on your social. There are definitely a, a few different uh, canned options, but it's predominantly bottles. Do you want to run through sort of what the thinking was behind keeping with bottles? Um, excuse me, uh, for the uh, for the brews? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, we started off with bottles because of the fact that uh, – Essentially, it was two homers starting up. We knew what we were doing. Also, just, I mean, we started uh, on a budget, like a tight budget. So, you know, playing around with uh, canning machines, bottling machines was just not in the realm. So everything's manual. We sat and we bottled um, by hand with a bottling gun, capper, and labeling and all that stuff. So, wow. Uh, and just keeping in, in that spirit was, uh, it was very easy to do. It was very, it was a lot of work, right? Mm. But we weren't afraid of hard work, and, and it was very manual, but uh, we could do it um, and kept it pretty simple. So it's also it's I mean it's elegant. It's uh, you know it's it's what beer beer was introduced to us in, and, and uh, you know it's so cool in that way. Um, That's a good point. We'll look at doing cans. I mean, like you said, we've done we've done cans before, and so during. Uh, pandemic when everything was being packaged we really had no choice but to bottle everything and that got a little overwhelming uh for us so we were lucky enough like so we mentioned block three um you know they were offering their canning services they just bought a sweet can line so uh we were able to bring up some kegs to them and they would can for us and maple, which is great so oh, that's a good option took a little heat off of us and, and uh Again, that kind of community thing where we get to hang out with them and uh, work together on this thing to, to help everybody survive. You know, they were able to pay their guys and keep their guys busy and we were able to can stuff. And it took, I mean, what it comes down to, they do in 20 minutes what it took us like eight hours to do, you know. So, Jeez. Uh, it was pretty, pretty yeah. fucking amazing that way. You'd be like, God yeah, damn it. Nope. Exactly. Yeah. When do I get my canning line? Yeah. Did did that make you want to move towards cans when you know seeing that, or is it still something that uh, you're happy with the bottle situation? Yeah. So I'm really looking at doing uh, doing a doing both. I mean, I think there's uh, kind of that um, perspective that cans make everything cheaper, and cans uh, are. kind of like that easy way to go but for us i mean i'm not able to get any more equipment right now the, the machine that i have the bottles it'll do cans as well so we'll look at doing some cans i find that they move a lot faster uh bottle shops which are more can shops than bottle shops uh, they don't want bottles you know i mean it, it, it's 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 a matter of like space and, and, and uh, i totally get it so 
uh, no problems there, but uh, it's one of those things where it just gives us that option. So I think what we'll do is in the new year, we'll look at doing some more canning, uh, you know, get our crushables in cans and, and uh, get them moving more. And, and, you know, people need them in the summer. It's, there's there are pools and cottages and, and uh, hikes and all that stuff, right? That yeah. Cans just make a whole lot more sense for. Bottles are nice, and, and I think that they, uh, for our higher-end beers, we'll, we'll stick with them. Um, presentation is nicer. Uh, and then, again, it's just kind of like that uh, uh, perspective that uh, some, some good high-quality quali- high stuff is, is usually in bottles. Yeah. No, I agree. It's almost weird. Not, not totally weird, but I think it's more – there's certain, like, you know, if you have a barley wine out of a can, it's a little odd, or like a yeah. barrel aged imperial yeah. stout out of a can, it's yeah. not quite the same. You kind of expect that experience because that's when it becomes an experience, whether it's wax sealed or not. Like, yeah. if it's anything crazy, but just this like bottle that's like what we were talking about earlier that someone needs to invent a, a bottle stopper for, but it's cool. They've already got the, you know, you got the three thirty, so you've already almost essentially solved that problem because you've made it uh, a crushable bottle for a serving for one or for two, if you so please. Um, yep. Which uh, really solves that uh, that situation. So that's interesting. I like that. I never really thought about it. like call it bottle shops, but uh, they really can. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they really are mostly can shops. Yeah, have you had push? At, like, are they getting actual pushback? You actually get pushback. Oh, yeah, right? for sure. For sure. Wow, yeah. they're saying like literally our shelves aren't that tall. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Fuck. Exactly. And, and I mean, you know, it's great to know, you know, people that uh, you know can actually be honest with you and just be like, hey, we've had some amazing IPAs, like amazing IPAs sit there because they're in bottles and then like the you know mediocre beers or whatever just moves because they're in cans. So what do we see here? You know, when we did have uh, some cans on our shelves, you know, we can stack them in four packs or six packs and people just grab them and um, and uh, it doesn't matter. It almost doesn't matter what they are, right? They're just looking for a bunch of cans. So well, look, uh, that's it's a- too bad in a way, but also like we'll just adapt. I mean, it's one of those things where like you say, it can be weird to open some, some finer beers if it's in a can, but it might be the future. Uh, so it's just, you know, can, can only fight it so much. One of the yeah. other reasons, like, we, we stuck with bottles is that bottles are always, well, it's always mostly recycled. And then uh, I was getting some stats from there was an environmental engineer I was talking to who said, like, there are, like, 50% of cans are just kind of tossed they're so easy just to get rid of and, and uh, the bottles, and bottles recycled. are collected you know taken back to the beer store huh. and uh, yeah yeah and so they're, they're more recycled I don't know why but it, it's just one of those things so you know in that case is, yeah. it kind of hits our like sustainability point where we're okay with it but at the same time you know, we got to run business and uh, yeah it's got to got to stay stay positive yeah I never yeah. thought about that like we, even when I lived in Quebec, it, because I'd lived here first, they don't have the same system there. You have to actually only buy the, if you're going to take a beer, say back to a Depaneur or a supermarket, it has to have been purchased at that place. So if they don't right. stock it, they won't take it back. And I get beers from everywhere. So I'm like, well, that doesn't work. So I couldn't yeah. fathom throwing them out or recycling them. So I used to, we used to rent a car cause we didn't have a car at the time. We're in an apartment in the city, like you didn't need one. 
and we drive yeah. to Hawk Hawkesbury, like just over the border to the beer store to then drop them off. Oh, nice. I was, yeah. I, yeah. It was so stupid for the, like it almost would you barely break even by the time you paid for the rental car and everything. You <laughs> might get, yeah. that costs 50, 60 bucks and you get 80 bucks back for mm. the beer. But it was the principal, goddamn, and I couldn't handle it. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And now it's glorious because now I like I have a vehicle and I'm in Ontario, so I can just like I get two bags full, boom, boom. Now my wallet won't even close because I'm just like you change it, you get like eight dollars back, and you get like a five, and yeah. you get all these coins and all. The, I don't spend cash ever. I don't know what to do with it, but it's more like I feel better about it because I'm like this is a, it feels like a good thing. It feels like it's the right thing to do. You take all the stuff back, you know, whether it's cans or bottles. But I can understand the. I've also, you know, you walk past on, you know, uh, trash day or whatever, and you see all the clear plastic bags out the front with people full of like beer cans and that. I'm like, bro, that's like, that's like forty dollars right there, yeah. So oh, yeah, of- for sure, yeah. We get our, like our regular guys collecting from recycling or neighborhood recycling bins or whatever, right? But hey, at least you know it's going back, and uh, it's yeah, it's, it's, it's good. Someone who needs it is. Uh, actually benefiting yeah. from it yeah it's an interest it's uh it's very cool that ontario does that because i don't think i think it's like cool that it's like uh it's less restricted like even i think yeah. in quebec they don't take wine bottles they don't take liquor bottles so in my building there was always a whole bunch of wine and liquor bottles in the the, the trash area in the in, in the yeah. in the thing and i was always like man if you know there's an enterprising person here that would take this i couldn't be bothered but taking that and then going to ontario and just getting the cash because this is, this is yeah. like money here for that. So it's, it's cool that there's an incentive to, to get people to, to continue to take it back. But I see what you mean. Bottles are definitely, you think recycling cans, you just like, you know, because you have soda and stuff comes in cans, but you don't get a Coke in a bottle really. So, you know, you would recycle the soda and maybe it's just like a mental thing. Um, but yeah, loving it, boys. So where do we want to go from here? Do we want to do the stout or we want to take this home? How are we feeling? I'm down for it if you guys want. I'm not scared. Yeah. Never it's afraid. Good. I mean, and um, like have finale, we talked? Um, I, I, I know I had to step out for a minute there. Have we talked about the rebrand yet? No, I was. Uh, I feel like we could do that right. I was thinking about that just before. So I feel like uh, we could do the stout and then uh, move into the rebrand. Perfect. Let's do it. So, sounds like a good chat. I love it. I'm excited. This whole thing's been a great chat. Whoever, uh, Nate, you're going to go first. So. All right. Yep. This is the big dog. The, the big dog in the little bottle. Big dog, little bottle, the perfect single serving for a uh, craft beer podcaster and a craft brewery owner. You know the vibes. So this is New Roots, uh, 10.3 stout, Imperial Stout aged in a single bourbon and maple syrup barrel. Oh, fuck, I forgot about this. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, man. Really, really fun and kind of incidental collaboration um, love an incidental collab talk us through it brother this is awesome yeah yeah you have a friend who uh i've known for a long time did not know he was making maple syrup and reached out and he's like hey i've got this bourbon barrel that i use to maple syrup you know do you want it and i was like yeah of course I <laughs> so. oh my god this literally smells like straight bourbon yeah, I mean the the yeah the barrels. That's another story too. Like the barrels that I received, like after trying out this barrel, I contacted the distillery directly and just said, "Hey, I got to get some." So, 
are they uh, are they pretty like forthcoming? I guess at this point they're pretty aware that like breweries are pretty excited for their spent barrels. Yeah, I guess so, man. Like it was very easy to just talk to them, say, "Hey, like you know, you sell your barrels and done with them or whatever." But uh, you know, we just had to organize shipping, and they're very willing to share. So that's awesome. Where I'm at here. Yeah, grab that. Smell this bottle, Nate. Do you smell the bottle? It smells like bourbon, like straight bourbon. Yeah, right? Yeah, it does. I like that goodness. It's very Charlie Brown. You like that? Yeah, so it's his, uh, it was a, um, his friend uh, had maple aging in bourbon barrels, and he gave him the barrels that uh, had the maple in it after they had bourbon in it. Right, okay. Which is pretty fucking fire. And this, the bottle just smells like dead ass, like a bottle of uh, booze, which is crazy. And I think it's yeah, pretty it sweet because there's no head. I got some in mine. It's a little bit to begin with, but it dissipated almost immediately. Oh, no, I didn't get that. Mine's just like gone. So I, I assume that's just because either it was the bottle or it was the... Um, the volume of sweetness often. I am excited, man. I love this type of shit. And once again, format, 330. Get that dog up. Oh, he actually put 330 mil as opposed to 33 CL. Yep. I respect That's it. That's it. That's it. Mate, I'm ready for it. Oh, street. Yeah, this is this is fantastic. This is such an, uh, an interesting mix of, uh, of beers and styles. Yeah, it is for this sure. This evening. So uh, it's, it was Phil one bourbon from Few Spirits F E W in Evanston Illinois. Phil two that was the original. There was bourbon. The second one was maple spirit maple syrup from Nithwood Reserve in Wellesley Ontario, and Phil three was this Imperial Stout. So this, this barrel's been used three times. Dang. Um, and that's what the fuck it, and oh. 15 months. Okay, that's why. 15 months is a pretty crazy amount of time to to be aging this year. Yeah, it is. And it's 10.3. That's pretty crazy. Imperial Stout aged in bourbon barrels that once housed maple syrup. I feel like that's uh, that's pretty cool. And it's really interesting. I'm curious to taste it. Like the maple side, because I feel like maple doesn't maple doesn't always come through unless it's sort of used in a certain way. So we're just running through the back of the no, label, it, which explained it. Yes, go Nick. Yeah, like, like it, it, the way it comes through is usually not as if you're like you know pouring maple syrup on pancakes, but it does have uh, like, but it does impart certain other. Um, like kind of earthy, but like sweet in a di- like and sweet, but in a different way. That, that, that kind of thing, rather than coming out as because, uh, of course, most of the sweetness will for, like will ferment out. But uh, but, yeah. but it does show up in different ways, and particularly when you're talking about it in barrels. Yeah, hundred um, percent. We're just saying as well, um, Graham, that Nate's one has a little bit of head. Mine had no head, so I wasn't sure if that was just because you know, like this. Interesting. The, the bigger and sweeter the barrel is, I've found that like a lot of stouts I drink don't have head. It's just like part of the game. 
Um, yeah, yeah. Now, is yours? What's the carbonation level like on yours? I, I haven't sipped it yet. I was waiting because I got yelled at last time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers, boys. Get that in you. Cheers. Cobb saying fine, to be honest. Okay. Oof. Yeah, so it could, it could just be that, that time in barrel contact with whatever. It's kind of like a, when you look at barrel aged sours, too. I mean, different. Can go different ways. Composure, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For mm. sure. Uh, a bit more irregular. I mean, especially with this case, you know, the way we treat these is, you know, almost carbonated at different, different, uh, different segments. So, of course. Uh, yeah, depends on the bottle. Ooh. Mm. This is really interesting. Mm, it's like, yeah. I, it's not as like intense, which is great. Sometimes mm. Imperial Stouts can be all encompassing and like a meal in a glass. This is a bit more yep. um, approachable might be the word. It's not overly yeah. sweet. Like any of your beers tonight, all of these beers were not overly sweet, which yeah. is uh, which is great, which makes them much more drinkable and, and, and across the board. Um, the maple is subtle. Like we were, literally as you were coming back, we were just talking about how maple presents itself. Like it typically gets fermented out, but because it was part of the barrel, it would probably soak in. So I imagine that as it warms, there'll be a little more maple character, but it's like subtle. The bourbon's pretty strong. Mm. Yeah, bourbon's at the forefront. That's definitely uh, something we found with these barrels. Mm. Guys, I apologize. I need to step away for another second, but keep going. You know how it goes. Um. It's, there's like chocolate, oak, vanilla. Hmm. It's like, is, am I getting like, um, like, uh, not licorice or something. Are you, are you getting anything oh, like yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like black licorice. Mm. Yeah. Mm. It's almost funny, man, how these spices come through for no reason other than barrel and time, you know? Totally. Yeah, man, which is just, it's such an art form. It's so, it's, it's such a cool thing. Um, this was, uh, this was a, a process like, you know, I've never done anything. I've, I've done, done stuff with maple before, but again, talked about it it just ferments it's so such a delicate flavor it's like any delicate fruit right i mean you ferment it and it just it's so volatile the flavor can disappear but um so it's such a gamble mm. putting a big beer you know in this barrel uh, yeah and we tasted along the way and it was it was a roller coaster man like it did not <laughs> there was there was a point where we were gonna dump it really oh yeah yeah shit and, eh? and, yeah, and it took a sharp turn and, and uh, back in business. Uh, yeah, yeah. So wow, so wild, interesting. So, so it was sort of like it, you know, it was good. It wasn't so good. It was good. It was like, oh fuck, do we get rid of it? Like, and, yeah, just the. I mean, even just the initial. I'd say almost for for the first year, it was like when we put it in and we taste it a few months later. We're like, all right, it's you know, it's new. It's still still young. It's developing. And then even up to a year, you know. 
and, and at that point I was, I was really worried. I mean, the worst case is we lose a bunch of beer, but you know, ideally we get something that's amazing and complex and layered. Mm. And even after a year, it was just, uh, it was sharp and not finished. I mean, with this maple syrup sitting in the barrel, you're re-fermenting a complete re-fermentation of the beer, which is not generally healthy, right? So yeah, but, uh, it was putting off some, some off, off-putting flavors, but just let it sit in patience and, and uh, you know, continue to taste it. It's, it doesn't. I find it doesn't present itself as like a true big imperial stout. I mean, it's a bit boozy, a bit bourbony, but it's it's not too. It's not too crazy. Overwhelming. I'm gonna bring the screen. I'm just gonna keep you up here. Oops. There we go. Just while I change my battery. Can you hear me? Okay. Oh yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I agree. It's not like. This like uh, syrupy, you know, if you think of an imperial stout, often that's what you think of is sort of like a larger syrupy kind of thing that's like, like I said, like a meal in a bottle. Um, we don't see anything wrong with that cheese, like, you know, but like. No, no, absolutely. I, I love those. Those are like, those are my favorites. <laughs> yeah, like, I feel that. But it's like, it's yeah. cool to have a an experience with, a, uh, with an imperial stout that's sort of not like as... Like overwhelming might be the word. Yeah. So yeah, for sure, it's, it's toned down. It's, it's but yeah. it's still got a lot going on. But it's yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's not exactly like. Well, yeah. Well, I guess it's not even. You could consume a pint. It's not even a pint. I guess it's a. Uh, True. It's a nice little three hundred uh, three thirty. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, Nate's coming back. Sorry, Nate. I just had. Uh, a battery change. Let me add you one until I come back. Yeah, no worries. Maybe I'll just add this one here for now until I get the battery back. But yeah, um, sure. It's super interesting. It's just like such an interesting sort of take on a on the stout with the with the maple with the thyme in it. Um, you just sort of miss it, but uh, Graham was saying that they almost got rid of it. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Almost, almost dumped that bad boy. You know. Oh shit! Which would have been uh, yeah. That that would have been a shame, right? Yeah, it was just on unhe- like it was just it was tasting and smelling. I mean, like, but I guess what it was almost like a like a born again beer. You know, you, you drop this finished, uh, perfectly fine beer into this barrel full of sugar, <laughs> and uh, mm. refermented, and it took a long time to uh, to become its own. Some new beer. So, yeah, uh, it's part of barrels, though. You know, you just control. Uh, you put a lot of. I mean, you can't even put a lot of faith. You just, you just kind of pour, pour it in and pray it'll come out looking, you know, looking and, and tasting good. But again, really fun, like local collab with these guys from uh, Nitzwood Reserve, who we've got syrup here. Um, Sick. These the guys that, that brought in this barrel from Few Spirits, which is Evanston, Illinois. And it's perfect. It's a small barrel. It's like 100, 110 liters. And, uh, you know, we're used to the bigger ones. But for us, for, for um, our scale, you know, we can still put, fill a barrel and we still have plenty to either fill two or three barrels or we can, like, fill a barrel and still have some self-rush. So it was nice to be able to have this little side project. 
put uh, a third of our batch away for you know, 15 months in this case. Yeah. Which is pretty huge. That's not no small amount of time for a brewery that's been open just shy of four years. That's damn near uh, not yeah. too shy, much shy of like half the time you've been open. If you think about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, true. <laughs> Which is kind of bonkers. Um, I love it. Um, do you want to get into the rebrand real quick? Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah. I'd love to talk I'm, about that. That's, uh, Nate, do you want to drive that? I'll be back in like 30 seconds. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I remember so I remember noticing that you like you guys went you guys did a pretty significant rebrand to like to come up with the uh, the la- like the labeling and branding re- like really of everything from like from your labels right down to your merch and uh, um and, and everything in between um, can you talk about what drove that and how you kind of landed on what uh, like, like what you wound up with here? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it's kind of one of those, uh, I guess, real business moments, not even moments, just processes where, uh, you know, CounterPoint started with, like I mentioned before, you know, Rich and I, and uh, Rich is a professional music, uh, musician. And okay. Counter, CounterPoint is a very musical term, but also has, you know, kind of like that uh, everyday term. Um, so musically, it means to two melodies played coincidentally to create one melody, but so we, we, we took that to mean, uh, or to translate into beer and community, so you know, multiple people can can combine to create a community, multiple uh, say ingredients can combine to create one flavor and one beer. Um, but also, at the same time, you know, the generic term is, is uh, complementary and contrasting factors or, or, or right ingredients. right so yeah so it was really nice to be able to play around with that again kind of a wordplay um but again at the time is musically focused and, and so on rich rich left in uh midway through pandemic and um i i felt like i couldn't do the whole musical aspect of it uh justice i, I love music uh, but i'm not by any means uh trained or uh, educated in, in sort of classical music. So kind of went with what I love slash what counterpoint also means um, and uh, also what after, after at the time it was like two or three years of, you know, business, we kind of realized what we, what I as leading the businesses are, are really what I'm really going for. So uh, we took, the, uh, yeah, took the step to uh, rebrand, uh, really refocus, and it was, it was quite a process. But it ended up coming with a new logo and kind of a new, new feel for what Counterpoint is. Uh, mm-hmm. You can see our, our logo. If I can just get it up there. Sick. There we go. There it is. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, you know, the C is really obvious. It's counterpoint. Um, you could probably see, probably see it up there, but uh, I'll try and get an you know, image on our, our bottle or my glass later on. But there's a couple little notches in there to kind of make it a little more, um, 
almost almost like human, almost almost like a profile of, uh, of a face. Mm. Uh, and the waves right. are simply, right. yeah, yeah. The waves are simply, uh, you know, natural elements. So hills, waves, um, but also like a little curl on the on the top wave there. It's like if you pour a beer and you watch it go down into its self and then it uh, you know comes back up so it's almost like a little um, little current of uh, beer so it's kind of what that top oh, that's top cool top you put a lot of thought into this I like that yeah man yeah yeah so yeah a lot of a lot of fun in that a lot of thought into what uh, you know we want what we're looking for and, and uh, you know really want to portray it business but also uh yeah make it fun and, and and also is i don't know like my my branding team really was, like i said it was a it was a great process and it's kind of like a deep dive into, into myself as well and you know like i love you know doors and, and um exploring and stuff oh, like that's that cool. so kind of like i don't described a lot of people come in and say reminds me of like a like a west coast vancouver kind of thing but uh yeah whatever just love getting outside, so I guess that's what it translates to. <laughs> that's yeah. sick, man. No, that's yeah. cool. And I, I, I particularly um, the, the, like like the teas and whatnot. How uh, like how they've um, w- within the oval, they've got like all of the trees and what uh, and whatnot up top. Oh you know, yeah, like, uh, like, yeah. And followed by like, like followed by the waves below. Um, you know, particularly with sustainability being a big part of your whole uh, like mission statement and yeah, uh, like and whatnot. Sure. I feel like the branding really reflects that, which is pretty cool. Yeah, that's what I'm yeah, talking we, about. Right yeah, there. we haven't used that enough because that is like I think that's my favorite part. When they when the guys came up with the logo, I was like, I love this logo. It's great. Um, great brand mark shows everything. And then they and then they uh, sent me this this shirt design. And I was like, this is on the spot. Like it's logo times yeah, you know, times, a, times a million, and, and uh, it's so cool. They integrated everything. But yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it's um, yeah, fun design. It's cool, and I think everybody can kind of see that and, and, and understand what what we're all about. Yeah, hundred percent. That's man. great. Um, it's very cool. Like I love a rebrand. We we talk about this uh, a bunch on the pod across the board, but I don't know. I just really like. Hey, here we go. Yes, finally got it working. God damn it! Took me a minute. <laughs> we got it going. Yeah. Um, we're back. I, I, we're back in action. I hate that uh, laptop light. I, I love um when breweries take marketing seriously, and like that's really what the rebranding is. And I feel like. After the last few years, it really showed the importance of it. Like we've been, because we own a social media agency and we do marketing, like it's something that we've been professing for some time. But I feel like more breweries took it more seriously over the last few years because um, it's it's one of those things where like if you don't, if you aren't stepping up to the plate with regard to marketing, then you know you're kind of letting the brand fail. Particularly at a, at a point once again where you had no physical. Uh, experience with the brand everything was digital so it's always cool to see like you know you're like all right you know what let's bring it bring the brand to where we are at now which is what you guys have done both with the merch with the uh, experience obviously in the tap room there with the labels like it looks crisp like these like labels are sick they're super fire clean i was staring at the font before and i was like yo it's really like the font it's just clean like you know sans serif (laughs) yeah yeah real simple man 
simple but effective. As simple as simplicity is undervalued these days, I think. Yeah, I think that's, you know, like, again, it's so funny you're trying to find a balance of like, hey, what I like, but also it's not about me, um, but it's somewhat about me, you know, like, like it has to represent uh, ownership and what we look for in, you know, in our own business, but also like what we think, you know, we'll, we'll catch an eye and, uh, and really be attractive for people to look at that. So yeah, it's process, man. And it's so, so personal when it's a small business uh, to, uh, to really hone in on, on uh, what you want to show as, as your label. Like you said, like, you know, when, when we're shut, shut down, it was one thing when we're just, you know, when we're open and everybody can walk in and we can, that's our, our brand was like us and what we, what we give as, you know, as a taproom environment. Uh, but when we close and, and all, all people see our uh, images and colors and all that sort of stuff, it's so important to kind of point in on and what we can do with that. 100%. And, you know, that, that's what you've been able to do now, particularly, you know, with that distro. So people are going to have their first interaction with the brand. They're going to see this at a, at a bottle shop. If they, you know, it's not directly with you where you control that experience. Yeah. At the very least, they can see this branding stands out. It's clean. It's crisp. It's consistent across the board with the, with the different, um, different, different beers and products that, that people can purchase, whether it's the, you know, one like treetop with a permanent label or it's one like, you know, the friends of Mo places, which, well, the one that we have, I know you have the other one there, but yeah, you know, yeah. the one where they're smaller matches. So you don't have to, it's not really worth it to press it up. It's like, well, you know, it's, it's a trial run, which makes it almost more uh, exciting to yeah. get because you know that the, oh, this is really small batch that they didn't even bother doing that. That's sick. Like, you know, so it's like a, a whole top to bottom experience. And like, you know, the merch is fire. Like it's, it's cool, man. I just like, we like I said, we talk about it a bunch. It's just very cool when uh, when breweries take that part very seriously. Um, just yeah, it's great. I love it. I'm so, I'm so you guys love it. Like it, I don't know, it means a lot. You guys are very on point as well. With you know, I mean, that's also your jobs, right? Uh, it is yes. Branding, branding, and, and marketing and that sort of stuff. So it's it's really cool to hear that you're into it and, uh, and you and you like it. Yeah, it's great shit, dude. Please do. <laughs> Hey man, no, it's, it's very dope. Absolutely, um, love it. So with that, it looks like we're at uh, nearly two, two, two hours forty. This is good. This is we haven't done one this long for a little bit. This is great. <laughs> that's, a, that's a long chat, boys. Yeah, yeah, this time flies, man. Yeah. It does yeah. fly, and I, I, I kind of had a feeling. I was saying to Nate earlier, I was like, I know we hadn't met, but I was like, Graham seems cool as shit, bro. I feel like this is going to be a longer one. And uh, here we are. I love it. And it felt like you said, time flies. But um, honestly, great, man. Thank you so much for, for hanging out, for, for spending the time, for being so generous. Like the, the merch is fire. Really appreciate it. The beers are all fantastic, really unique uh, in their own ways. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, really, it's been really cool to get like a, a great snapshot of the brand, I think, across the board with this conversation and with these different products tonight, man. So thank you, man. And I hope everyone really got the, got the vibe of what CounterPoint's all about. Man, I really appreciate the opportunity and, and uh, you know, I've been following you guys and watching you do your thing and love what you're doing for the beer industry and, and just, you know, I mean, I know what you're all about and it's all good stuff. So it's, uh, it's an you, honor brother. to be on. Really yeah. appreciate you. Thanks, so, appreciate that. For real. Um, yeah. Real quick, we can wrap up off air. Let's get the, let's get the uh, thumbnail real quick. So I'm going to take a screenshot of the uh, – Yeah, let's do, do that. Do you want to hold up some uh, bottles there? 
What do you want here? Some beers? Yeah, hold them bad boys up. Whatever you want, hold anything up. If you have a baby, hold it up. <laughs> I'm gonna go get my dog. Oh, hold him up. I can't do this. I'm not good at this at all. All right, yeah. Yeah, your glass is good. There you go. Look, Brandon, glassware. All right, ready? Oh, that is gorgeous. That is stunning. Um, we've got it. We got it. So we'll wrap it up off air. I know, Nate, you got to dip right after. But uh, Wait, can we get one more where I, where I do the? Yes. yes oh, yeah, sure. yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> say less. Good man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can you? You've been on top of that. Whatever you need. All right, ready? Hang on. Wait, wait, wait. So we got that there. Got this ready. Oh, that is glorious. I'm going to send that one to the old letters. <laughs> yeah. Woo! Um, Graham, where can everybody find Counterpoint online, though? Yeah, so you can find us at uh, counterpointbrewing.ca. Uh, yeah, we're on uh, Instagram, Counterpoint Brewing Co., and Facebook, same thing. Kind of getting up on Twitter. It, it has its moments, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, not for us, but uh, it's got its thing. I so, anyways, it. yeah, we do that stuff. And event break, we've got some started off this uh, pretty cool tiny tap room concert series where we do some really intimate local uh, presentations and performances. So, really, really fun stuff. So Love it. Events there. So, yeah. Hell yeah! Make sure you guys check that out, Uncle Nathan. Where can everyone find you, sir? Uh, you can find me everywhere at uh, at Nathan Does Beer. And occasionally co-hosting BAOS podcast. Damn right. This is the last one for 2022. No that's way. Right. That's it. There's one. There's a, hang on. Is it, this is the last regular series one. So last one with Nate. There might be one more or I'm going to write. We're doing the link up series at the same time. So I, there might be, I might do one more. I'm not sure yet. It depends. People tune out at the holidays. On the fringe. You know? On the fringe. Yeah, on the exactly, fr- yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, do we, like, we could, but, you know, we have, uh, we do a top 10. Uh, I do a top 10 Quebec breweries of the year with uh, Matt from Vox and Hops and Noah from Beerism in Quebec. So that, we were shooting that oh, next week. Man. And so then, cool. yeah. which is great, which has been really fun. This is the fourth year in a row. And Nate and I do a top 10 Ontario breweries, which is the second year in a row. But we actually wait to the end to, we we'll do it in Jan, like the first week of January. Just yeah. you never know. Yeah. What if someone drops the most five beer of the year on December twenty seventh? You know what I'm saying? That's <laughs> it, man. Give you the bomb. So whale, you know, big whale. You, you never know. Something something could come. So we uh, we wait right to the end of the year. Um, so that would be that. But yeah, stick around to the end of the call. We'll uh, we'll wrap up off air really quickly. But both of you guys, thank you so much, uh, Graham. You're champion. Fantastic to meet you. Um, look forward to coming and hanging out at the brewery. And uh, Nate, you're a legend. Thank you as always. It's uh, always a pleasure. Everyone, thank you for watching and listening. If you enjoyed the episode, smash the thumbs up, hit subscribe below, hit the notification bell so you know when the new new drops. Follow us everywhere at BAOS Podcast and check out the long-form audio. You can hear attractive individuals like Nate and Graham talking about craft beer. We drop at 8 p.m. Eastern every Wednesday. We'll see you guys in the next episode. Cheers.